0: What up, Ultra? Yo, how's it you going? It. Yeah. Yo, what up? Yo. King. King. Wait, what's
1: bow up? down.
2: Did I block you,
1: Yo, 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 Ultra, unblock me, bro.
2: I just unblocked <laughs> you, dude. Let's go. An open-minded king. I just unblocked you. An open-minded king. Uh, bro, this. This Dubai event, huh? This is going crazy. He's out here using $1,000 pads. You just fucking working out like a champ. I'm
3: in Philly, bro. I'm in the boxing capital of the world. He's dumb Oh, you're,
0: oh Ultra's a
4: Philly head, bro. Yeah,
3: dumb. I moved to this go. shit, bro. I swear to God.
0: Yo, me and, me and 5G, we're, we're from New York. Bro, you hey. got to get in the gym
2: with Big Beta Sensei and just tear it up for a year and just fucking take his head off.
3: Ultra come, come, yo, Ultra, Ultra, come to the Bronx and do some bare knuckle fighting with random people. With a crackhead uh, on the
2: app. <laughs> if I blocked you, mean you should fight, bro. <laughs> huh? He needs sparring partners. He's got a Dubai fight coming up, bro. Yeah, I gotta get some practice in, Baba.
1: <laughs> yo, yo. Yo, we gotta set it up. Baba and Ultra. Sparring match. Let <laughs> me fucking speak. You must. protein shakes instead of eggs, I do. Growing more muscle than bad by crypto using this method, I am. Yo, coin yoda, (laughs) fuck you. He got you (laughs)
5: there,
1: bro. I got him. He mentioned mentioned my ex-locking habits, so fuck you.
2: Oh so, God. so, uh, Ultra, what you trying to get into tonight? You trying to talk about Toshi, Tip Top, Ethereum, Uniswap, Bitcoin, what you no. You're a gigabrain on everything, so anything you got to say, everyone's here for. But the floor is yours, whatever you want to
4: talk about. I was thinking we'd talk about uh, Toshi and then, um, but then we dip into the new Tip Top
2: that you're working on. Yeah,
4: bro, I try yeah, my best bro. to
2: shill it in here, but, but no one can shill it better than you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but you got
2: the profile pick. that's that's pretty good hey man I, I never take it out yeah i mean i'll
3: talk about whatever whatever you
2: guys want to talk about
3: i'm down with if i'm down to show
2: my well, dogs we, we don't even have to start with toshima if you could just elaborate on lp nfts and locking in liquidity on uniswap and having that be kind of a DAO system for the community and stuff it's kind of a concept not many people are familiar with
3: yeah so yeah. So, uh the main issue on on Uniswap is you wanna be able to like prevent people from like panicking and rug pulling, right? You don't want uh there to be like a market wide dip and then all of a sudden fucking you know, you don't have any liquidity to sell into because if there's no liquidity to sell into then you know, that's how you get a rug pull, that's how you get a coin that goes to like, you know, basically zero. Um, is if somebody pulls out liquidity. And so Uniswap V two relies on um you don't have to lock liquidity, but it relies on liquidity remaining either way. So, um, you know, the yield farming, obviously, is one of the biggest ways to get liquidity. Um, and it's it's good, but um, even if they're yield farming, they can still pull, you know, liquidity. And so it's it's always better to have um, locked liquidity. Um, and right now, I mean, Toshman has like 1.1 or 1.2 million worth of uh, locked liquidity. And it's locked to the, the ETH pairing. Uh, which means that uh, Toshi is is tied to the, the price of ETH, the dollar value of it is. Uh, and since we've locked it all to the ETH pairing, whenever ETH goes up, you know, Toshi goes up. So we've gone up, you know, like 50% or something in the past couple of weeks because of the, um, the, the the ETH pump we've had. Um, and the LPNFT's idea behind that is, uh, is that we're essentially we're selling, um, it's kind of like SOX, similar to what SOX did. And um what we're doing is we're selling these NFTs and these NFTs are yield farming NFTs and you use them to yield you know, farm Toshi Cash, which is a pool pool two or whatever you wanna call it. Um and then Toshi Cash is used to buy, you know, Tosh cards to be able to play in the game. Um, but in order to get those you have to buy them with an L with a lp token. And so on Uniswap V two, you know, I'm sure most of you have probably or a lot of you have probably tried D five before and have used um, yield farming. Uh, with that, you're you're getting the LP token and then staking it. So it's a very similar process, except your LP token is burned, um, and in return you get this LP NFT, which you can uh, resell on OpenSea if you choose, um, or you can stake it and earn uh, Toshi Cash. So that's the basic structure. Is it's a it's a mechanism of locking liquidity that um, still keeps value uh, for the for both parties
0: So, uh, with, with, to- with the
4: Toshi cash, is that what people, that's what people use to like purchase the different card packs that are available
3: within, within Toshimank, right? Yeah. And, and limited edition cards too. Um, and it's just going to be generally, it's just generally our utility token for, um, platform items. So, you know, Toshimon's a, a video game that uses NFTs as in game items, um, you know, similar to Axie or, or any of those. And, um, you know in order to get any of those you're going to need toshi cash essentially so that's the that's the uh the currency the toshimon currency um and then toshi the token is uh used for fusion and for um like non-managerial governance uh, so stuff like voting on uh, you know game balancing and, and et cetera um in order to, to do toshi fusion Toshi fusion is a we combining NFTs um to form a, a new NFT or a more rare version of an NFT. Um and that requires you to burn Toshi. So we've you know, currently it's there's one right now out that in order to get it you have to uh you have to burn ten Toshi, which is a relatively significant portion considering the, the circulating supply is forty K. So um, Got just it. Like, is it?
4: Is it kind of like Pokemon, where you have to like burn certain cards together? Or can you basically burn any any cards to kind of level up, level up to the next level
3: of card? So we're doing like a we so each one has to have its own smart contract, basically, and you know essentially what's happening is you're getting uh, two inputs, you're getting the cards input, and then you're getting the Toshi input, and so each pairing might cost a different amount of Toshi, um, and some pairings might form a new Toshimon. Other pairings might just form a more rare version of the current one, like a like a shiny type of type of deal. Um, and we're gonna, we're trying to start releasing them a lot faster soon. Um, we have a you know we've got all of our stuff above water. about to take on a, a full time dev, um, and it's gonna be very good. We're moving a lot faster here in the next couple of weeks, um, just in time for for what I assume will be a, a defi and NFT. You know, Ethereum based coins should do really well this summer my, that's my belief. I'm actually more bullish generally on NFTs than DeFi. Um, the DeFi market's relatively saturated, um, and very complex. And uh, the, but it, it, it's saturated, but I think the V3 is going to bring out a lot more very interesting DeFi stuff. That I'm excited about this summer. Um, and there's other projects that I'm, I'm definitely excited about the DeFi space. But NFT space, I think, is a little bit undervalued, uh, underrated right now. Um, I think you've, we've we've all seen what happened with like the dog tokens and and all that stuff recently. And, um, you know, it's really easy to understand concept for NFTs. It's just the same as like, if you're on like, like Fortnite, if you buy a skin on Fortnite, your skin is stuck on Fortnite. You can't ever take it off. You can't ever resell it. If you try to sell your account for it, it'll catch you and ban the whole account. It's happened my friend was buying like a, like a renegade Raider of great counters, but it's been like 1800 bucks or something on it. Um, and they caught him and took his account away. But anyways, people want their digital property. And so NFTs are, um, you know, that's just one use case of I mean, them. It's, it's a really large use case is that we don't have uh, sovereignty over our digital property right now. And so, you know, the, the kind of, uh, you know, uneducated take is that, you know, they're just JPEGs or whatever, but it's not the case. You know, there are some that are, that are essentially that, you know, that are just pictures. Um, but you still have the right to ownership of what matters. And then even more so when you have a, you know, these utility NFTs, which is what Togemon cards are, is they have a dual purpose. They're collectibles. Um, but they're also, you know, used in the games so it's actually in-game item, and that gives it extra utility. You can't counterfeit that in-game item; it's impossible. I mean, unless you can break, you know, Ethereum, break, you know, the the hashing algorithms, and all this, you're not ever going to um, counterfeit it. And so, it actually has benefits that are um, better than tangible, you know, physical collectibles, and a lot better than the current, uh, you know, way that we handle digital property. You know, we actually can have. Sovereignty over that digital property, and, and I think that we're going to see that a lot more over the next, you know, five to ten years I think it's gonna be a huge boom in the NFT space
2: yeah, One of the reasons That's I guess I'm personally yeah. so bullish on Toshimon specifically, is just the parallel to like other gaming uh, Card games right like Pokemon and you, you know these things hold value over time and they have a worldwide market yet there's still possibility of distrust and counterfeit, right, with the shipping of the cards or photocopying them or whatever the problem may be. But if you take a project like toshimon and you have the similar uh, background of the tar- cards have utility and value and they have rare ability, but you're able to verify they're real and transact them on a global scale without the worry of shipping malfunctions Counterfeitability, like it, it just makes the pokemon Yuga model sustainable forever
3: yeah like there's there's a lot of uh things about it so as a, there's a superiority to both regular digital items as well as physical items um for example pokemon cards is obviously the clearest um you know analogy with physical items like that we don't know for sure how many cards pokemon's printed we have no idea how many actually were ever printed as, you know, as the first edition or whatever. We have no idea um, the authenticity of any cards we find at this stage. Um, printers are, you know, very advanced now. I'm sure we can print up a Pokemon card that was printed in, you know, the '90s or whatever. I'm sure we we have a printer that can that can make it look almost identical or identical. And you know, there's it creates a huge incentive for um, people to try to fake it. Um, and so we, we don't know scarcity and we don't know authenticity, right? With NFTs, we know both of those. We know exactly how scarce they are. We can check the blockchain and see exactly how many there are. And we know for sure that they're authentic because so we can check the blockchain and make sure they came from the authentic Toshman mentor. Um, it's like, we're going to open see all that stuff. You can check it out. Um, and then there's also uh, benefits over the, the digital items that you have that sovereignty over your property, we can actually prove that, yes, you were the one that owned it. And you can even track ownership. Like, someone famous could have owned an NFT you own, and you could say, yeah, this is the same NFT that was owned by, you know, Paris like, Hilton or whatever, you know. It, it's cool. There's there's really cool things about NFTs. And on top of that, like, who wants a bunch of trash in their house? Like, once you get to a certain level, like, of once you have like enough money or whatever, like you start to realize like why am I buying this crap? Like you want to just you want to just spend some money on something. You want to have something, you know. Like, you want to like you know buy something for a game or buy art or buy anything like that. But if you physical items will just clog up your space, you know. Like it makes sense from a consumer standpoint, uh, just generally about all NFTs that it's a it's something that you can spend your money on and own and resell, just like a physical item except you're not loading up on trash i mean if you go into like to go to the toy aisle in walmart like dude it's just a bunch of trash it's all going to the landfill and it's just sitting in your house for years first and um yeah it just sucks like it's time for a new like consumerism it doesn't have to be stuck to that and uh, it shouldn't be stuck to physical items. Through XBT, i have a question What would you say to people who argue that they can
1: just right-click download as the photo of Itoshimon?
3: Um, yeah, go ahead. You can have that. You can have the photo. You don't own it. It's like if, uh... It's like if my girlfriend is a hot Instagram model. You can look at her pics, but I'm the one fucking her. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, dude. Like, great job.
2: (laughs) Well, also, in the sense of Toshimon, like, unless you have the actual Card on the blockchain, it doesn't work in game. Like you, you, you'd be able to look at it all day, but you wouldn't be able to play the game. That is the difference between a Toshimont card and kind of art is the use case, right? You can, I don't know, make a poster of a Toshimont card, but you can't play the game with it. It's
3: just like I hate that narrative. Like I totally understand people saying that, and um, I'm glad you asked that, Yoda. But that narrative just sucks. Like that's just basically saying blockchain isn't real. Like. Yeah, you can window shop all day. Like we can we can have window shoppers all day. And and I agree it is different for Toshmon. Toshmon has the added value of the utility NFT where you literally you can't plug a JPEG into the into your MetaMask wallet. You can't mint your own NFT and then trick MetaMask. MetaMask is checking to make sure, um, you know, we're using Web3 to, to check and make sure that the Toshimon card you have is derived from the Toshmon minter. So um I encourage you to download a picture of it and look at it, and then I encourage you once you get the money to buy it. You know it's different you know it's ownership and um and being able to view something is is different i think it's a key distinction to make for all nfts not just utility nfts but i do think that it's particularly distinct for um utility nfts like like tertium where it's literally just you can't play it. you can you can have a picture of it um, but you can't play the the game with with it so yeah
2: you okay. need the actual culture something i've been pondering about is like with these priced uh, with ETH performing so well right um, and you go on OpenSea you look at the price of some of the Toshimon cards and the packs and stuff, if ETH does start hitting these price targets, doesn't that kind of make it a little too expensive? Like, if things are like 10 ETH for, like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I haven't checked the prices in a while, but say it's like, I don't you know, even 2 ETH, and that ends up being $200,000, like, that's a little unattainable for a game.
3: Yeah, so that's a common issue that a lot of these NFT games will run into, right? You see it with Axie, and you see it with, um, you know, even like Gods Unchained and stuff like that. Is that they become pay to win, um, and pay to win kind of just sucks. Like nobody really likes pay to win. Um, I think you know, generally games do much less well if they're if they're pay to win. Um, you want to you want to make it to where there's um, an entry for. Anyone that's attainable, or most people that's attainable, um, and so you know our target uh, cost of entry for a, an average person is is fifty dollars or less for them to be able to play the game and have a good team. And the way that we're going to achieve that is, um, so we want to we want to satisfy collectors, um, but we also want to make sure that there is a vibrant community um, because that helps build up the, the ecosystem as a whole as well. You know, you, it adds value to have more players in the game because um, there's always somebody to play with. There's always someone on. Uh, um, and there's the, the more people that, that have these, um, so w- the way we're doing is we're using, uh, second edition cards and the second edition cards are going to be very basic. They're just going to be a picture of the Sprite. Um, they're purely utility, um, instead of being, you know, the artwork and the, the card art and everything like that that you have on on the first edition cards that are out now, um, These second edition cards that will be released later, um, will be purely utility. And so the, the goal there is they'll be, they'll be sold for a lot less, they lot of unlimited supply and they'll have inflationary. You know, tokenomics. Whereas the the current cards through Toshi Fusion are actually deflationary, um, which adds their collectible value. And so the goal is to try to um, to satisfy you know both parts of the market at once. Um, And I think that having those second edition cards, just their very existence makes the um, will make the value of the first edition cards, uh, the really you know actually rare ones, will be even higher because of that existence. So that's our plan: is to have uh, second edition cards that are much cheaper and um with a, a target price of about 50 bucks for the average person to be able to enter and start playing
2: awesome with a good
3: point
4: and uh i guess like with the toshi fusion too could then they take those second edition cards and level up to to a better better edition
3: is that how it would lay out so the second edition cards you cannot level up um the only card you'll be able, you'll be able to to fuse with toshi fusion is first edition um, and that's, you know, part of it is that they're, they're benefiting from, um, you know, that deflationary mechanics that's going to add to their, uh, their value, um, you know, it's a decreasing supply, um, you know, the value is, is in between, you know, the supply and the demand of the cards. Um, and then for, uh, the other cards, I mean, you're just be able to go on and buy packs for second edition cards, you can buy as many packs as you want, you just buy packs until you get the, the card that you want. Um, or you can go online and, and buy them off of, you know, OpenSea or, or whatever else for the, the second edition cards. And when you're playing, you'll actually see what card hey, the person uh, has, hey, too. Hey, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, I used to play Pokemon as a kid, right? So, I, I was, like, a fucking addict to that shit. I grinded
6: it. Um, excuse my language. So, is this... I'm not familiar with Toshimon. I know Connor is, and um, it sounds really interesting. Is it almost like that story game? Like, um, like there's going to be different Pokédexes later on down the road, or how does it work? Because I personally am not familiar
3: with Toshimon, and I, I know I joined late, so I apologize. If this is no, it's all good. Um, so yeah, so there will be an RPG mode, and the RPG mode will let some will let some more play to win elements come in. Um, it's a little bit later in the roadmap. Our minimum viable product that we're getting out now is the is just a battling mode. And so, one way to think about it would be like uh, like Pokemon Stadium. Um, that's what the the Toshimon core game is going to be, and that one's not pay to win. That's you know purely skill based. Um, and then the other one won't really be pay to win, but it'll be pay to pay to win faster <laughs> or whatever. You know, like kind of like how a lot of these games are. Um, but it'll it'll be like uh, you'll be able to use Toshi Cash in the game to be able to bypass stuff and stuff like that in RPG mode, but you won't, it won't be it'll be PvE, it'll be P player's environment, um, and there will also be some uh, play to earn elements, we're thinking as well, but it's really early stage for that um, and we're not really sure exactly how the RPG part's going to play out for now we're focused on that um, the battle, and I think that's what everybody really likes the most you know, I played Pokemon a ton as a kid as well, um, I EV trained and all this crap, like I did all of it but I did it because I wanted to get my, uh, my Pokemon strong enough to be able to, to kill these kids on the bus, you know, I wanted to Knock out this kid's blaze again with my team, you know. Um, I want to flex on people, and so for me, and I think for a lot of people, the battling was like really what I wanted. I wanted to beat somebody at a battle, and, and um, that's what we're doing. Is it's it's very similar to, uh, to you know something like Pokemon Stadium, and with a plan to have wagering of uh, of NFTs. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, and down the road, I'm we're definitely looking at an RPG, but um, for RPGs, what you want is, you want the, we want to do it on, on ETH 2, hopefully, um, and for RPGs, you want to uh, be able to, a lot of times, you need to be able to write to the blockchain pretty often, so um, we need that some that type of scaling solution. Uh, do that. Sweet. Yeah, no, that sounds really exciting.
7: I'm definitely going to have to look into it. You
3: said this, just, like, starting is, like, 50 bucks. Yeah, that's our goal is to make it to where uh, any new player can come on and, and start with 50 bucks, and we have plans to integrate with you know stuff like Fordmatic or um, other wallet systems that make it really easy for Fiat on-ramps um, to make it to where people can we can get a lot of, of adoption on it. We got a new website update coming up. New website looks great, uh, looks really good, and I'm really excited about it. And that's coming up soon. We're gonna have uh, the static pages launching soon, and we'll have a new dashboard that'll launch a couple weeks after that or a week after that. So we'll have a static landing page, doesn't require Web3, and then uh, you'll go into a dashboard type of scenario and be able to load up the game and and play and and do everything else that'll need Web3. Uh,
2: Ultra, so since I've been more involved with the project and I'm more aware of the roadmap, I know one of the things you guys are worrying, or not worrying about, like looking to solve, is to open the, since it's all blockchain and eth-based, to open the packs of cards, You have to use gas right and gas is pretty expensive right now and so you guys are currently one of the things you were working on was uh cheaper gas options can you elaborate on like solutions out there you guys are looking at and kind of i don't know like since it's important for your project like everyone here who is a Uniswap trader obviously doesn't like high gas but if it's important to the longevity of your project, it's kind of more important to figure out. So have you guys, uh, I know you guys are deeper in the gas solutions. If you could yeah. To.
3: And so we've been working on it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the issue is that we actually talked to like the development team at Matic and we're in a group chat with them on Telegram. And they uh, have this like team that they work with to, it's like a, a service that helps you pour it over, and they're just a development team for more development help, basically. And it's really hard. You know, developers are at a, at a, a good position in the, the crypto field right now. Um, they're very busy. And we uh, we hired this team. We uh, agreed to pay them, like, you know, double, basically, to, to get it going faster. Um, but they're a large portion of the developers are based in India and, you know, a lot of the Matic developers are, are based in India as well and, like, the core team and um, India got hit with this COVID thing and their office is closed and they're just generally roughing it and so, um, you know, it's like a, a force majeure type thing that that went on that we uh, we couldn't really avoid um, and so we're still working on it and I know it's very that's um, obviously very important um, and so we're we're gonna get that done. It's just the timeline is fuzzy right now because of these kind of global, uh, you know, just global catastrophic event that's happening in in India. Um, but I think we'll get a lot faster progress uh, in the coming weeks because you know we do have uh, we have a lot more development full time. So I think we'll, we'll be in a really good position.
2: Cool. And we have a lot of Chainlink uh, kind of marines in here. Uh, does the project work with Chainlink at all? I don't know. Just being kind of like,
3: Currently, no. Um, although I'm open to, to using Chainlink, I really like Chainlink. Um, I'm very bullish on Chainlink generally, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm open to it. But yeah, I, I, currently, I, thought, I don't. I thought you guys
2: mentioned that if the Mag thing didn't work out, that Chainlink might be some sort of alternative.
3: It's something that I think we were looking into at one point. I need to talk to the um, the dev team and, and see where we're at with that. But definitely open to it. I love Chainlink
0: hey ultra while we're on the topic of devs like what's it been like for you to
4: find solidity developers for the project i know it's pretty tight you know it's pretty uh there's not a lot of people with that skill set and we have a lot of listeners that are starting to learn solidity and are passionate about becoming devs
3: um honestly man the community is just like great and it just like came together The, the lucky part about it um Blue Derpy's in here. He's our he's our head dev, our lead dev for you know the site and for the, the smart contracts, and obviously great at it. Um, we have a you know nobody has a uh, a card back opener like we have. Uh, that, that contract is proprietary and and awesome, um, and it's really hard to do you know randomization like true randomization that's based along percentage rarities like ours have. Um, and Blue Derpy did a great job at that, and he's going to have a lot more time on the project soon i was really excited very really excited about that um and he just was in an airdrop he got in, he was following on twitter and got an airdrop and um i believe he got an airdrop either way he was in the community super early and he's he's been great ever since and definitely could not have done it without it like there's no way um and then jacket too jacket's our game developer and it's just uh you know twitter's like an amazing tool for for crypto stuff and in a sense, we did. You know, it's, it's a lot of it. You know, I got got lucky. I have really cool people that follow me, and, and really cool people in the space. And um, I know devs are like, you know, the rarest resource on Earth right now. So, devs are like one of the most scarce resources on Earth, and uh, we happen to have a really good one. So, I'm very. Uh, thankful. Luke, Terp,
2: if uh, I see you in here, uh, if you're comfortable coming on, we'd love to have you. Uh, no pressure either way, though. I saw he was in there, yeah. me too, I DM'd you his profile so you can add him a speaker if he wants, but
4: um, yeah,
2: I, I saw oh, he
4: was totally. in there. Yeah, you can always request, I'll add him, 100%. Um, no, it sounds like you had ultras. it actually sounds like you lucked out, because I, I've just, from speaking to other projects, it's been pretty tight to find people to even, to even start working on them, so super, super, super basic, you were able to just on twitter and find people like that i mean we we've touched on this before on the base space and twitter is huge for networking right now in crypto and um you know especially like super highs trying to get into being a dev and we have a lot of other people in here like definitely take advantage guys of the network you have now because in the future it's going to be a lot harder to just connect and, and reach out to these people as the industry grows
3: yeah That's definitely important. Um, Super important. It's not easy to find uh, devs. And anybody that's that's looking into doing Solidity right now, keep it up. Like, it's not going, I really don't think it's going anywhere. Like, I think it's going to be needed for for years and years and years. And, you know, know, programming is, there's a market of which programming language you need to choose. Um, And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, But you want to choose a, you know, a market where there's going to be more demand for, for that programming language. And I think Solidity is a great choice right now.
2: You have a pretty in-depth knowledge of Uniswap based off of Toshimon and your other projects and stuff. Uh, A lot of the community seems to be seeing like the message is it's like kind of shitty for retail V3 and it's pretty much kind of only catering to uh, institution, people that really don't mind kind of the downsides that trade with such size. But what... i've also seen you kind of have the contrary opinion as you usually do can you kind of explain your bull case for v3 i mean i I also am bullish on the v3 but there seems to be kind of a huge wave of hate coming out uh, at uniswap for v3 for kind of pricing on retail
3: well the v3 doesn't price out retail the fees currently price out retail um once they get to optimism you know once they get it running on optimism um or some type of scaling solution or once these two merges um it's not gonna be any issue at all in my opinion uh i think i think v3 is a is a dex is a sex killer, <laughs> <Not> sex killer. <laughs> centralized exchange killer cex i don't know how y'all pronounce it in your head but i pronounce it sex in my head whenever i <laughs> <finish> <laughs> it just like, just like that makes sense um <laughs> but, uh, but the, i think you know, it's a Binance killer you know, um, I think that the, the mechanics themselves are uh, arguably superior to traditional order books. Um, and I think that the, uh, you know, he, Hayden's always ranting about capital efficiency, but I actually think capital efficiency is super important. Um, I think that uh, you can basically, you can market making, you can pump the token for a lot less. It doesn't cost nearly as much. Um, to pump it, and it's also you know you can you can do uh, directional liquidity, which is really important. Um, you know you can put in just ETH or you can put in just the, the collateral you know, the token, um, and that's important because before you needed to have both. And so you know during the yield farming phase, uh, yield farming would pump the token to pull one because people had to buy it just so they could they could add liquidity, um, and so that was part of the the gambit that would that would pump tokens. Um, and nothing wrong with that uh, at all, but it's nice for for people of any size to be able to place, you know, order essentially limit orders um, without any slippage, which is kind of cool. And, you know, I guess you can probably get filled. Um, but I think that uh, V3, you know, over time, once we have uh, more options, um, it will allow, you know, anyone to, to market make. Um, and not only for fees, but also with a directional bias, which I think is really cool. Do
2: you see any anyone- competing with them right now like but we have the Bancor team in here and they kind of seem to be aiming to compete with them
3: yeah I definitely could see that I could see Bancor being a competitor um I just think that uh you know I think that Uniswap just has a huge pool in the space right now um and a lot of the market kind of you know a lot of DeFi at least relies on Uniswap um Currently, and so, you know, op- optimally, we'd see both be very successful. Um, I agree, I, think both have I agree, there's definitely room for both. Yo, what's up, guys?
8: What's up, Daryl? Hey. What hey, up, Blue? Yo, uh, yeah, <laughs> I literally, I'm sitting out by the fire at my property, and you say, come on, and uh, my phone's at 1%, and I run to the car to go charge it, and it dies as I'm walking over there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, great timing. So, yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, so tell yeah, I'm us a gonna, little bit
2: about it, your Toshimon dev experience, bro, and Solidity experience.
8: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was uh, getting into Solidity a little bit back uh, maybe in uh, early April or so, uh, starting to learn last year. Uh, and then I was kind of just reaching out to some projects here and there that I was interested in and seeing if anybody uh, wanted development help. And uh, I'm a I'm – a, uh, full stack developer right now um, that's what I do for my full-time job so I uh, I came on um, uh, just through reaching out and telegram uh, and started working for the project and kind of you know took a lead on some things and uh, ended up working out and you know just ever since I've uh, just been cranking it along here with uh, with ultra and uh, and Spaniard and now i uh, going to be moving on to being full-time, so i uh, really going to get the project going now. I um, have a ton of experience in uh, all the front-end and back-end work, so uh, it's going to be sweet. That's awesome, dude. And, um,
4: sorry, man. Yeah, Blue, let's do you have any uh, advice for like new up-and-coming devs um, around like trying to get into the space
8: yeah i mean honestly uh (laughs) it's tough uh everybody's so busy that it's a lot of times hard for um you know people to like even bring on new people but i i would say uh you know just keep keep pushing uh finding projects you're interested in keep bugging um if you're interested in a project, you know, just keep bugging the developers if you know who they are, uh, you know, a lot of the times you get people reaching out who, uh, you know, you've never seen around the project or, you know, uh, first time or, or reach out one time. But, you know, when somebody's consistently, you know, reaching out and um, trying to get involved, uh, generally that that you know shows that that's more the person you want working on the project and and that's how i think you would really get in but in terms of development um coding's tough uh you gotta really you gotta really like it and you gotta try uh you know a lot of the times especially in this area it's new things so uh a lot of t- like a lot of times I'll be out and on a trail hiking through the woods and come up with the idea to solve the problem. So, you know, it's not like there's a book for it right now, really. Um, but yeah, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta keep, keep trying. And, uh, you know, especially with, with solidity, get on test nets, deploy things, test them out, even just, uh, you know, redeploying basic contracts like ERC, 115 is, uh, or uh, 115.5 is a standard contract. Um, our Toshimon Minter is, is pretty similar to the standard contract. Um, so, you know, that's, a, that's something that you could start deploying and then try to build contracts around that. And that's, you know, a lot of what we're doing at Toshimon is we're building contracts uh, around these erc one one five fives so that you can do different things with them, such as stake them to Earn uh, Toshi Cash, and um, you know those are those are exercises you know that you could do if you want to learn how to code. is uh, deploy your own mentor. Try to redeploy staking contract. A lot of our, or all of our contracts except for the pack uh, deployment contract are on um, uh, EtherScan, so you can just copy and paste them uh, and Remix. Uh, And deploy them and uh, I think one thing that a lot of times scares people away from contracts uh, especially if you're starting off with flat contracts is you see all this code uh, and it looks like a lot and really what you need to do is you need to scroll down to the bottom and look for the last function um, because that's generally the code that's different Uh, and it's just using a bunch of different uh, packages from uh the code you're seeing above it but getting a little bit technical but i guess a technical question (laughs) but that's what i would say you know start start deploying projects from Etherscan, uh and and just do it on the the test nets you can do it for free uh and and then try them out and test them and you know see see what works and what doesn't work uh and then from there, you know, research your issues that you have with deploying the contracts and research the errors.
4: Oh, yeah, that's that's solid advice. I appreciate that you uh, you saying that blue. Um, one last question. I'll turn over to Superhigh for his question. Is there like a particular coding platform that you recommend
8: for people to use? Um, so it depends how much experience you have uh i would say if you don't have that much experience coding in general you're probably going to want to stick with flat contracts which basically means that all of the contract code um, is in a single file and then you'll create your own function at the bottom of that file um, to like say extend the erc 115 contract Um, but if you're uh, a developer um, you should probably be using Truffle, um, and that way you can like actually set up an environment and afford uh, projects from GitHub, um, like the ERC one one five contracts from say OpenZeppelin, Zeppelin uh, and then you can have like an actual project and a file structure, and then you'll compile your code down to flat contracts when you deploy it. Um, but that's uh, that's the way it should be done if you're you know an experienced coder and, and you can handle that but um, you know that's it takes a while to be able to, to understand how to have a, a, a project and you know versus working with a flat file it's a lot easier for people to understand who've never worked with like compilers and things like that before but Remix is where you would probably want to, to work um, and Remix will give you error messages and you know show you and then you you know try to debug through those, and then um, it has a compiler built into it, uh, and you can just connect through MetaMask to deploy the contracts to the test net, um, and uh, then the contract functions show up in Remix, um, and then you can call those functions uh, to test and do other things like that. Cool, thank you. thank you for that, Blue. Super high. Did you want to ask your
4: question? no oh, no you answered it thank you yep no problem guys hey ultra kind of swinging back to uh toshima do you guys have any plans for ar or vr
3: uh technology with the project we do have ar plans um we're we're working on that now uh, nothing that i i can i can give you super concrete right now but ar is definitely going to be integrated into Toshimon uh, in the near future
4: I love that man because I've seen uh, I've seen some really cool AR demos where uh, people were basically like able to hold the cards right they were able to hold up their phone and then have the NFTs actually uh, generated in their in their hand by having you know the, the
3: camera and use of the phone um, it looks super cool yeah I think that uh, you know something like that but perhaps even a little bit more complex is, is definitely in, in the future for us
2: uh kind of a question to for new people in crypto with all like the dog coins going on can you guys elaborate the importance on building on like why you chose to build on ethereum over Binance smart chain yeah um so you know i, I know, know smart seems chain would... obvious but to some people it's not
3: well no it's, it's a valid question um so, really, Ethereum is, is, is the best. Um, you know, a Smart Chain is a clone of Ethereum. Um, it's a fork of Ethereum. It's EVM compatible. Um, and, you know, so we could, we could deploy there as well and use it as a, as a layer-2 solution. That's something that's been discussed. Um, the only issue with that is that, you know, it is very centralized. Um, now, there are some benefits, too, though. You know, obviously, the, the fees are a lot lower. And that could really help a lot, but you know when we're using these, you know these NFTs, and we have this mentor contract, and then we have this uh, pack opening contract. You know, essentially what we have going on is um, we have the the packs being the packs are the NFT themselves, and they get sent to a, a pack opener. It's a, called Tosh Montojo, and that opener contract uh, then tells the mentor contract which NFTs they had in the pack and which ones they get minted to their address. And so we've got a lot of, uh, you know, shuffling around of of ERC-1155s. And it can be done on, on, you know, these these contracts are are compatible for these other chains, these EVM-compatible chains like Matic and, um, you know, NBSC and and those. Um, But the issue is that you want to be able to get, you know, when ETH2 merges, it's going to suck all value back to ETH2. And back to eth. And you know eth right now is is the premier NFT uh, marketplace. The most value for NFTs is transacted on on East and it has the largest volume by far. and uh, generally the it seems to be that the currency for NFTs is going to be Ethereum. Um, it almost you know it's, it almost seems like you know a certainty at this point. Um, but there are some other platforms that are doing cool things with, with nfts uh and for a lot cheaper but you know that that cheapness typically either it comes with some sort of cost and uh you know typically the cost is either that there just simply aren't that many users and, and less users means a, a smaller market or uh, that cost is, a, is occasionally derived from a lack of you know, decentralization um you know a lot of these chains are, are proof of stake and uh proof of stake you know can work um and eth too is going to be going to proof of stake uh when it, that's what the merge is. Is it going to proof of stake? Um, but the yeah, you know, the, the issue is that proof of stake it can work, but you have to have a, a very wide distribution of, of tokens um, in order to make it secure. Because you know the whole point of you know blockchain is you know we have proof of work, which means it's a fair playing field for for everybody, right? And so you don't want to do proof of stake on a um, on a chain like Binance does, because you know well, you know it works, I guess, but you're basically just trading on Binance you know, you're not really trading on a, it's, 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 it has sacrificed decentralized elements. Um, that being said, adoption is very important. Um, but there is an issue where, you know, CZ or, or Binance or affiliated people run the nodes and have control over it and, and sometimes assets are frozen. Like Ethereum transfers have been, the Ethereum bridge has been closed before and, um, you know, if, there was a, a hack at one point where they, um, you know, we're limiting asset transfers and stuff like that because they are what it appears to be that they are realizing they do have some liability. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure what type of uh, stuff's going on with it now, but, but it, there, there's a sacrifice you made either way. Um, you know, either we're, if we stay on ETH, you know, uh, ETH only, then the fees are too high open the PACs. Um, so we're definitely working on a solution, but I think we're going to go with uh, MATIC instead. Attic has a couple more uh, elements that make it um, more decentralized than than Binance and uh, they don't have a history of shutting down uh, asset bridges. So that's why we've chosen to to go with them instead of BSC. Awesome.
4: Looks like Baba has a question.
1: Yeah, so... um before you, before you know, before you blocked me, I seen a lot of people come at these these Solana people. So like, what's your
3: beef with Solana? I'm like, have you ever accepted any Solana? Like flops <laughs> I wish they send me Solana flip-flops, bro. I wish they send me socks. But
2: man, they have not sent me anything, bro. Um, probably for, for a reason. <laughs> I was about to um, say, I don't think it's coming, bro. <laughs> so what's the beef
3: between you and Solana? Or
1: I mean, the- I don't know if, like any... In-
3: I don't have explicit beef between me and Solana. You're like, a fan I of Sam. Kind of Yo,
5: same, Ultra
3: right?
4: wants
0: to smoke. We want to hear the smoke right now.
3: Yeah, I, I want to. see I going to be real with y'all. Solana's not, it's, it's really, it's not blockchain, dude. Like, it's really not. Um, it's not blockchain. Like, it's like a it's, a, it's a database. And, you know, it's one of these things, again, where it's like, it, these exchanges are, are spinning up or supporting these uh, fast chains, because they want to make quick money, um, exchanges will centralized exchanges will eventually become obsolete. In the next, you know, three to five years, you're you, won't, you aren't going to need Binance. You're going to be able to run it on, you know, Ethereum or Rune or something. We're going to have we'll have infrastructure that's decentralized, it's, it's a really important step for crypto. It's the next big boom for cryptos when that happens. Um, when it can't it can't be stopped at that point. Um, but you know what's happening is is, is these uh, exchange owners are are using uh a you know hold I'm holding my fingers in the air like bunny ears i'm like quote unquote decentralized chain because what they want is they want fast transaction speed so that they can still run their um similar market making programs like you know like uh serum and uh they're using it as a way of regulatory arbitrage they're trying to say like oh regulators like there's nothing we can do like uh you know it's not you know, it's decentralized, you know? It's just all of our users. We're flooding all of our users to it. And so Solana isn't really blockchain. Um, it's it's very centralized. Um, I'm not saying you can't make money on, on Solana. I'm sure a lot of people here have, or a lot of people somewhere have. <laughs> um, and uh, I like some of the projects on it fine, but the the ecosystem as a whole is, is, is Sam's uh, little playground for him to, uh, trade and, and, uh, list assets that are, um, not feasible, um, from a regulatory standpoint on FTX. And that's the same thing that happens with, uh, with Binance, although, uh, BNB is in a little bit more of a sketchy position from a regulatory standpoint because they've tied their, their trading coin with their, uh, their smart contract platform that they've got and with with BSC and so BSC and BNB being the same is a little bit sketchy for I've been saying this for a while for finance, because um, it removes some of the you know, the differentiation between it. But either way, um, you know, what's what's the question is, is is who's using the chain. So basically, if you if you step outside of, you know, Sam funded projects, it's um, there's not that much money on on Sol, um right now. Uh, but there is a lot of coin there are a lot of coins being pumped and there's a lot of coins that have some interesting stuff going on. Um, like I, I, think, you know, cope is a, I cope. it makes sense that cope is going up to me. Um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not necessarily beefing with Solana, but Solana is taking up market share that, and uh, should be going to other chains that are actually, should be going to Matic, should be going to, um. I mean, she Tezos before it goes to Solana, um, but you know, Sam has a strong marketing team, and we see that a lot on Twitter. Is uh, we see what what ends up being a marketing effort, and you know, that's what uh, Cope. Uh, that's why Cope. I don't. I'm not saying that you know, whatever, whoever started it or whatever, but uh, that's why Cope is doing really well because Cope is going to um, be a good way to uh, to incentivize volume on uh, the serum and on FTX. So it's going to be used for um, further capital allocation and so that's why it's um, makes sense that it would keep going up is that um there's more reason to put a bid underneath it if, if there's a future payoff so i think that there is that for FTX. but soul as a whole is uh is a chain that nobody was using till until sam started using it and uh yeah that's why i i, I don't like it I also don't like proof of history i think that uh, proof of history is is a you know they're trying to be fancy but in reality they're uh they're it's we're not we're not hashing blocks and um tie in together in a blockchain anymore and so it's, it's a little sketchy to me.
9: But yeah. I got another question. Uh this it's 5G here. Um so I see that you have a prediction for Ethereum. I believe it's fifty
2: eight fuck? We're, Hold on. Five G yeah, no. you run that account too? No, I'm I'm with, I'm with Baba right now. We're just vibing. <laughs> oh you just blew my fucking face off. No. All right, sorry. We're, uh, we're smoke we're smoking hookah right now in the Bronx. We're just chilling vibing. That's we sick. We also found um, a smart partner for Ultra um, That's it Yo. All right,
6: continue. <laughs> so so um, I see that you put a prediction for like 58k um, for ethereum quarter to 2022. Is that real? what's what's the thought process behind that? Uh, does that confirm uh, supercycle are you a proponent of that? I know there's a lot of questions in there but something I was just thinking about
3: It's real.
2: It's real. <laughs> Let's fucking oh, go. it's oh. real. Uh, real. A secondary question I have for Ultra is you're, you're kind of famously known for kind of being the outside thinker and criticizing people on Twitter. Uh, famous people, IDEO shillers, all this shit. Like, can you just like, I don't know, for new people to crypto, elaborate on the importance of not just blindly trusting people like Sam, CZ, Elon a uh, fucking altcoin psycho, whatever the fuck, whoever the fuck it is, that, like, the importance of how you've survived thinking for yourself.
3: Yeah, um, I just think that, like, you know, during these big kind of pumps and these bull cycles that we have, we get a lot of new people in the space, and I think it's great, I think that, in general, i eventually I want everyone to use crypto, I think that that's what needs to happen, I think that, uh, you know, we just have a, an ideological issue when we have a lot of new people come in, and so we have to have kind of staunch uh, supporters of, of you know, the actual values of, of crypto and like you know why we're actually here. Um, I mean, I like making money, and crypto's made me a lot of money um, through trading and, and and everything else. That like, I just like, it's not just about the money. You know what I'm saying? Like it. It really isn't. You know, I was here for the tech in, in 2019, and I'm still here for the tech, whether or not it's, it's pumping or not. And, you know, the primary issue is that uh, the fiat, you know, monetary, you know, global system is, is oppressive in nature, and it, it always has been. And what they're doing is they're manipulating currency to extract value out of the little guy um, while they feed all the money to the big guy. And so, you know, you look at things like the you know the Cantillon effect. I mean, honestly, you know, you read a lot of the um, – the, the post by Satoshi and stuff and it, it makes sense um and i'm drawing a blank on this other guy's name that wrote the uh the stuff about the on um, the shell beats. i don't know how it, it's, it's, it's like people think he might be Satoshi but i can't remember his name um but what's happening is is you know we're what I mean, this is particularly uh evident over the past year since the corona happened what's happening is that the fed is uh relentlessly printing money and then giving it to the banks through these overnight lending programs and then the banks are giving it to the corporations and they're all zombie corporations and the corporations are paying the ceo's fat amounts and then those people are the ones who get the first spending power on the money which means you know when you print the money the market doesn't realize the supply of the money until it actually hits the market has to be spent and so the first spend of the money always has uh, it takes a while for inflationary effects to to show for that reason because money has to be cycled through the economy and what they're doing is they're fucking trickling the money from the top down to where only people that are you know 100 million or billionaires are, are getting all this this value and um because they're in they're in assets and the assets keep pumping because the Fed's doing asset purchases and the Fed removed the fractional reserve requirements and they're just tanking this USD shitcoin, coin and it's something that we have to find a way out of because people are you know corrupt you know people will get corrupt by power like you give anybody enough power um you know you're never going to be able to be certain that they're not you know that they're not going to use that for their own benefit regardless of what it does to others and so part of what you know decentralization um is doing for us is it's you know and, and the goal of it is to uh kind of give that power back to to the people um over their money if you think about it money is one of the most controlling you know one of the most important things that you can have um, control over, and we've given all that power to, uh, you know, central governments and, and primarily the, the U.S. And, and the Federal Reserve. And so it's it's a bit, uh, you know, we're in a, we're in a bad position. <laughs> we are like globally, uh, financially, we're in a bad position. You know, things are pumping because or they're not pumping because it's good. They're pumping because it's very bad. Um, we're in a, a, a monetary policy that's completely unsustainable. Um, we cannot just keep printing forever. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. And I think that uh, you know, crypto is has a chance to to help people a ton. You know, I, we're we're going to at some point go through a you know we're going through a hyperinflationary point, and you know we're probably deleverage our uh, you know our, our financial system pretty significantly at some point. And you know, it's something akin to you know, other, you know, financial collapses that, that have occurred in the past. And this time we'll have, we have a way to, to kind of opt out. And so, you know, regardless of price, I'm, I'm bullish on on crypto. And I, I think that, uh, you know, we just have to keep the, the ideological purity um, to a certain extent. Uh, because if we don't, you know, people that have been in the space, people understand what's actually happening. If we don't do that, everybody else is going to be telling them the other shit. Um, and so I think it's really important for us not to scam people because um, i think that that's you know what's already happening people are just being scammed we need to give them something new you know they're being scammed by the federal government <laughs> okay like we need to not be doing that um and we need to also be prioritizing technology that's actually decentralized um and i've, you know, I've said this argument before but part of the reason i'm so bullish on ETH is that it has a very long history it had a, you know open pre-sale you know pre-sales for like a dollar or some crap like that like very 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 low um and on top of that we have a long price history Um, and we have people that are very bullish on ETH long-term. They didn't just, uh, you know, they didn't just buy, you can't just buy up the majority of ETH right now. You know, there's not not enough sell-side liquidity right now. Um, And there's a lot of people that want in, and that's why, you know, the price has been going up so aggressively. There's been such a strong bid. Um, And, you know, the thing is here that once we have that much long-term price action, those ups and downs that that are shaking people out, and, and we're moving the ETH to people that believe in, believe in that, and believe in ETH despite all these, you know, supposed, you know, uh, ETH killers that are out there, all these other layer ones that are they're out there and supposed to kill ETH. Um, and so we've got a better distribution than um, any other proof of stake chain out there. And it's really important because, um, you know, with proof of stake, the, the attack uh, would come from from having supply control. Um, and so with proof of stake, you know, supply control and price control are, are tied and so um, we've got people that have been bullish for a very long time, and we've got a very wide distribution at this point, too. It's not just a, a few hands. You know, that's what happened with like EOS, for example. A few whales just came in and bought it all, and it's like, well, okay, well, now you guys are just like, you know, it's like that, that video of the kid running the little train and he's like, here we go. Like, it's like that's what's happening. You guys are just jerking each other off in a circle. If, you know what I'm saying? We have to have a bunch of different people to make it actually decentralized and we have a bunch of different variety and, and types of people and I think that ETH is the only chain that has that and I think that it was actually crucial to launch Proof-of-Work first for those distribution regions and that's why I'm, I'm so bullish on ETH. You know that Fed reference is reminiscent of Blackwater and the way that they spent ramping it up and filtering it through their bodies. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, the financial system currently—you um, got to have money to make money, and the more money you have, the more money you make. Um, and so, you know, what's happening is—you know, to use an analogy—we're all being farmed. Everyone that's not the elite is being farmed by the traditional financial system, and uh, we got to stop that. Like that, we that, that's something that we have—we're we're gaining power over, and um, it's a very crucial time right now. Um, it's hard. No, no. Like, what did you mean by
0: FARD? I'm just, I'm not. Uh, where? What they're using our effort and our mechanics of, of providing liquidity to the uh, economy. Uh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Okay, my bad. Um, of what we think we should obtain and what they think we should obtain and hold on to is entirely different. So by using us as cattle, basically. We're just slaves in the machine. And he's exactly right. We have to retrain all of us. And, and that's why they are so fucking scared of this whole entity of creation of technology. Because we are shifting the balance right before their eyes. And they're trying to play catch up, they're trying to seize it. But they can't control it. And that's what makes them just tremble.
2: I think that's yeah. that. I didn't mean okay. My bad. I think that's a perfect transition to my next kind of question. On top of that, um, you, you, you're you clearly, like like you said, anti-scam. Like, crypto is big enough and powerful enough to actually build something that's useful, makes money, and also, like, doesn't it, it doesn't have to be a scam. Um, that, and that's kind of where Toshima came in. And now you have a new project that I'm really curious about because the tokenomics fascinate me. Uh, the airdrop, it's an airdrop token, but you're airdropping a hundred percent of the supply immediately, almost. If I understand, if you could, you elaborate on tip top and what you're trying to do there.
3: Yeah, so we're not gonna like, we're, we're airdropping fifty percent of the supply. So there's a thousand tokens. We're airdropping five hundred tokens, and then we're locking two hundred tokens into the creator pool, which is I'll explain in a second. It's actually it's it's, it's a little complicated. But it's not it's not bad. Um, and then we've got three hundred that we're going to use for initial liquidity. So we're not there's no dev supply of, of these tokens. Um, if, if that's what you mean, it's it's all uh, yeah we're being able drop half of it, and then the rest of it's going to be used for liquidity and for the creator pool. Um, there will be a second token that will tie to it later. Uh, so let me let me I just tagged the white
2: paper or the light paper to the space so people can read it while he explains it. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's a good idea. I don't know how to do that. I've, yeah, okay, so if you that scroll that up to the top, you can now click on his tweet. That's the light paper of a uh, tip top. And
3: please go oh, ahead. That's, that's just about one page of I it. Mean, there's another page of it in the Discord. Um, that's like the basics, you know. Okay, cool. Written in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I didn't keep it
3: keep it real. Um, so basically, you know what it is is it's there's, there's an issue with with creators making nfts so nfts have the potential to provide a revenue for people that are making content already and instead of that revenue going to the social media companies it could go directly to regular people and so long term that's what's going to happen right like we saw these tweets selling and stuff like that well right now twitter is you know farming you <laughs> don't listen in jack um but that's what's happening right they're they're getting value in the form of data um, and they're not giving you any of that value back um, right now. And so hopefully they will at some point. I think that Jack, you know, I do think that Jack is is into the the actual core principles of of that, of, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and, you know, decentralization. And so eventually, you know, I think that the Twitter is, is definitely my favorite. It's the social media platform I use. But that being said, we have to have a way to, um, you know, get some of that value back. And on top of that, there's an issue that's, that's going on right now with um, with new artists that are trying to get in the NFT space and with collectors that want to buy their art. And the issue is that of of tokenomics, um, new creators that come in, they might be great artists, but they don't necessarily understand how tokenomics work a lot of times. That's a problem because what that means is that if you're a collector, um, you might buy somebody's artwork and then they mint more a few days later and, uh, you might buy it for high price and then realize, well, now I'm never going to be able to sell it because this creator just keeps minting it. You know, they might, they might mess up the tokenomics on accident um so i don't know if you're aware of
0: Rev Rev populi but that that's exactly what they're trying to do in the social social media space is to have the users control their data and then make
3: that a value to them so where they can resell it that makes sense that's an interesting idea um and so what we have here is it's it's uh nfts are capped by engagement so the supply of the nft is capped by engagement um, so instead of just being able to walk on onto OpenSea and mint as many as you want, uh, you'll have to have 100 likes to be able to mint your first NFT. And then supply will increase as uh, exponentially. Well, I guess reverse, you know, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's, you, Yeah, it's going to increase as you go up. So it'll cap at 100 total um, NFTs for any given creation on the platform. Um, and that cap will be at 100k likes. So it's like if if your post went like dummy viral, like you'd be able to mint the max, right? And then the token Tip Top is used as a, which um, this is, I think, the first of its kind, it's a ceiling index token. So right now we have index tokens for NFTs, right? Like we have uh, um, NFTX and uh, there's a few other platforms that are essentially making it to where you can, um, you're essentially wrapping a token into an ERC twenty, and that ERC twenty becomes an, an index of sorts that's uh, representative of the, the value of those tokens in there, but they become floor indexes, right? So, say for example, you have a, you have the Crypto um, Punk index on NFTX. What that means, you can get any Crypto Punk, which obviously is one of the um, you know the cornerstones of of art based you know, NFTs. Um, yeah, you know, it's why it's is there digit. any explanation on that? They're not even that cool. Uh, I think it's because they, code they code were the first code. ones to hard code the mm-hmm. uh, metadata. So essentially, what they did was it's different than a lot of NFTs. Instead of just putting a link to the image, they they hard coded which pixel is what. And um, oh, I think that's that was, cool. Yeah, so it's, it's even if OpenSea went down or, or whatever, and even if you have IPFS or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's the first to ever really do it that way. And so I think that's why they have that that blue chip status. Uh, but anyway, so for FTX, you can go on and you can do a. Uh, an index and it's a floor index because no matter what at any point the way it works is it's a two-way bridge between the crc20 token and any of the um the nfts that are in it and so you know you've got this uh this cryptopunk index and what the cryptopunk index is you can put any crypto punk in and get one of the index tokens and you can get the index token and get a random cryptopunk back out and you can also look on the blockchain and see which ones are in the contract and so what will happen is people will see well is there a token in the contract that's worth significantly more than the index. And they'll go and they'll just keep buying and redeeming and unredeeming the token um, You know, whenever gas fees are low and they'll do it until they get the one that's worth more than the index price. And then they'll go sell that uh, one on OpenSea or, or wherever. They'll sell that NFT that was worth one index price. And so what that does is that drives the actual value of the um, and the cost of that index token down because people are always pushing it down, pushing it to the floor with that uh, that form of arbitrage that they're doing by unwrapping these index tokens. And so what we have with TipTop is, is well, the first one's high, it's kind. it's a ceiling index token. And uh, what that means is that instead of us giving the floor price, which, you know, with uh, other indexes, we're looking at what's the cost of the, what's the price of the lowest-valued NFT in the series? With opposite of TipTop, it's what's the price of the highest-valued NFT in series. the, 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 the NFT in series? So it's the highest-valued NFT on this platform. Um, and that's done by... Uh, by giving it as kind of special powers on the platform. And what it, what it does is is there's only 1,000 tip top, and each day the top engaged post of that day is that creator is rewarded a tip-top, one tip-top, um, and it's rewarded from the creator pool. And so that's why 200 of the tokens initially are in that creator pool. It gets a 200-day runway from when the platform launches. Um, and then once the creator gets that token, um, that's value given to them, so that's, that's something for their work. But then on top of that, um anyone that has that they could sell that if they wanted or they could use it themselves anyone that has that token can go to any nft that has been created on the platform and they can bypass the rules and make a single extremely rare obviously it's a one-of-one one, copy of that nft and mint it to their own wallet so what that means is that if there's an nft on the platform say you know i mean grind or somebody releases like an nft on the platform right if they release an nft on the platform. Um, Once it hits uh, super popular, once it's a hundred supply, no more can be made, right? So now, what it is is, if that Grimes thing is actually selling for twenty k, then the value of Tip Top is now twenty k, right? Does that make sense? Because what's happening is you can use that, you can use Tip Top to make that NFT as a one whoever does it first gets it as a one time thing, and uh, get their get that NFT back, which means that you've turned a ERC-20 token into this very valuable NFT, um, and no one else can do it after you. It so can only be done once per, per creation. And
2: so that creates a... So
3: uh, potentially, a I'm
0: sorry to interrupt,
3: but potentially how many people can clone that value or that NFT? Only one. Whoever does it first gets it. So, so you it's know, you can even. Yeah. Well, there's a hundred. There's a hundred max supply, but every post won't necessarily hit max supply. But tip top is, is used either way, so you can just bypass the rules. So you can actually mint an NFT before somebody gets hundred likes. So, like, you know, arguably, you could just use have a tip top at hand, and as soon as you know, for example, Grimes, as soon as they, as she posts, you could post, immediately link that NFT because you know it's going to be worth a lot if you want it. But once someone does it, it's not. You don't know, right? yeah, Look at the monitor.
0: The monetary value of NFTs, right, and, and the hype, you know, Cyber or CryptoPunk is what because they were first pay to play, right, and they 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 um came out first. They're because they're super rare. They're first on 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 the plate, and the other ones, you know, when it comes in, and we got a mash of everybody pumping out NFTs, the rarity of the value, whether you know. I I think you guys have a good model because if you look at, you know, something that's recognizable and talent and art, whether it's Picasso or, or, you know, Joe Rogan making something entirely different, right? And that would help drive the monetary value extremely fast. And I think that's what has to happen because too much shit in in one show, it becomes a shit show, right?
2: Can you elaborate on how the sale price of the NFT? translate like makes one tip top that price that you lost my thing.
3: sorry it is a,
2: a bit complex but
3: um it makes a lot of sense we'll take clicks uh basically what's what's happening is um you know so these creators will be able to make nfts and they'll be able to auction them or list them for whatever price they want we're only limiting supply we're not going to limit what they can sell them for right um and then you know the theoretical value of of tip top is the same as the value of any of those on that platform, if that makes sense. Um, because you can go onto the platform and you can mint one of those uh, NFTs. And so, say the Grimes NFT is trading for 20K, um, and everybody wants one, it's probably, you know, maybe it'll go up, you want to get one, then you can use one tip top to do that. And because you can use one tip top to mint one of the NFTs, regardless of any supply cap rules, um, that means that if the grimes nfts start trading really high no one's done it yet um instead of you but tip tops only say grimes nfts start trading for 50k but tip top's only 20k then you'd want to buy a tip top instead of buying one off of OpenSea, and so that makes it to where um the the value is is that like a ceiling index it's that of the highest value nft that has not yet been been minted by a by a tip top token
2: so essentially the price can cap out if Sells above that artwork or NFT, if it doesn't so have to be problems, You know, this is an. I'll say this like,
3: you know, this is a, a utility token that is used for an NFT on, on a on a platform that doesn't yet. It's not fully launched yet, right? Um, so that being said, there's a ton of supply gambits that are in on this. So essentially, what's happening is um, with the tip top, when you spend it, it goes to the creator pool. And we're not using tip top for monetization of the platform at all um, what's happening is that's all that value is going straight back to creators and when we when someone spins that nf that uh, tip top to get the, the nft they want that tip top goes into a pool and when that tip tops in the pool uh one per day is released because the top per day is given out to um the top creator of the day or whoever at the post had the most engagement and uh so that's a, that in itself will bring more uh, engagement with the platform if the value of, of TipTop is high. And then on top of that, whenever somebody spins one, once we get more um, NFTs that are wanting to be purchased by people, uh, then more and more TipTop, every time they're purchased, uh, more and more TipTop goes into the uh, creator pool. And when you put more TipTop in the creator pool, it has an issuance of one per day. So we start off with 200, so that's 20% of supply. Say we get a lot of people and pretty soon the, the pool is, um, once we get to the point where we're spending more than one tip top per day and more than one is being minted per day, um, you get into a, a place where the supply really gets crunched and, uh, you know, it's, it's released back to the, the creators. And so it's going to be a, an interesting dynamic, but one that, that does have uh, some pretty strong supply and demand gambits, you know, the demand gambit being the strength of the platform as a whole and supply gambit being the time-blocked nature of these tokens where there is only one issue per day. Um, so it, it's, I think that, uh, you know, we've got a really good tokenomic structure. And then, you know, there's a second token, too. And the second token is essentially uh, the monetization structure. Um, and, you know, what the second token is, is for is for if, uh, you know, people or entities want to um, spin up, uh, you know, temporary incentivization methods for nft creation and nfts don't have to be pictures they can be videos they can be um, really any digital content at all it can be uh, i mean it could be anything that's digitally created and so it's a way of funding uh pay to you know pay to create type model um create to earn type model um where people can uh spin up platforms that have content created or the community could uh come together and spin that up too, it's so a part of the, the part of the um the benefit there is that we're trying to, to generate demand um for the token that also gives that value back to people uh, because every time someone spins up a new it's a category token every time spend every time someone spins up a new category or incentivization structure for nfts uh, that value part of that value is given by creators and part of it's burned um, and there's a uh, a one-way uh bridge between uh top cat which is the top it's top category is what it stands for but just sounds kind of cool, um, and there's it's a that one unit you know, we have a different unit bias on it. So with that token, we've got um, you know a supply of, of you know in a billion, uh, you know nine figures or, or whatever, and so that means that the, the per per unit cost will be much lower, um, and so people that have a unit bias can choose that token. But no matter how high that token goes, a percentage of the pool is is put in um, and creates a one way value trap back to tip top. Um, so if the market cap of top cat ever gets too high, gets higher than TipTop, then value will be sent to TipTop to ensure that um, you know, the core value generation and uh, incentivization method is is always going to be uh, the strongest. So uh, we got a lot of cool things going on with it. We're we're dropping the um, TipTop token uh, this weekend from the Discord, um, and it's uh, it's going to be fun. And I think it's going to be a really cool project. I think we've got some stuff that nobody else has. And, and there's really cool things that are going on with uh, the Ethereum push notification service, too. And there's a lot of hype in the ETH community about it for a good reason, I think. Um, I think we've got a, a cool way we're going to populate the feed using um, that Ethereum push notification service. I don't know if you guys have looked into it much, but what it basically is, is, um, you know, they're sending you push notifications, but you can also get incentivized to do it. And they're using Aave um, to do that. And what's happening is, uh, in order for you to spin up a channel, you have to put between... I think it's, right now it's currently between like 50 USDT and like 500,000 USDT into a, or it's not, maybe it's DAI, I think, or USDC or something like that. I don't remember which stablecoin. But, anyways, uh, you put it in there and then they put it on Aave and then they uh, get the yield. you know, they're getting the yield from Aave and then they're giving it back to people for, um, in exchange for subscribing um, to these feeds. And so, you know, that's, that's another incentivization structure that we're going to um, kind of wield and, and use to our advantage, uh, as well as the built-in incentivization structures that we have. And so, you know, the goal is really just to um, get a lot of people on the space and get as many people as we can uh, into the NFT space in a way that um, is sustainable for them um, and in a way that uh, puts everybody on kind of a, a level playing field. So that's our goal, and I think that our goal is, is bullish for the space, and I'm, I hope we can pull it off on
2: i'm confident that we'll do one. that's so sweet so are you guys gonna to have to build a like your own nft platform exchange for this so like if i wanted to put my photography up as a tip top like piece how would i what how, how are you guys going to go about that?
3: So we don't. We wouldn't have to. Um, we just have to have a mentor and then limit the supply through our mentor to OpenSea. Um But we're not certain about how we're going to go about that that part yet. But no, we we don't have to rebuild the wheel if we don't want to. But there are some benefits to uh, to doing that if we if we do. Um, you know, there's there's some some benefits
2: to you know that we on the what, contract. I mean, if you're able to talk about it, what are the current options without building your own platform? What are there spaces that offer something to build on top of?
3: I mean, you just use OpenSea, yeah. We could just, we could easily use OpenSea. Um, you can cap supply inside of your mentors, um, and you can have your mentor, you can have all of the back end uh, supply mechanics being done by, um, by it's on your own mentor, and then OpenSea acts as like a user interface, essentially, and then they're taking a rake, you know, they're taking that 2.5%. So, you know, if, if we were able to get around that, maybe there'd be a way we could give, you know, a percentage to creators if we could get around that. But it's, uh, you know th- that part is, is a little early right now and we're still solidifying it so i don't want to go in too much onto it i don't want to reveal too much right now but there are ways around it for sure cool okay
4: hey, ultra if and if people listening want to follow tip top where should they go to check out
3: the project uh i guess for now you can follow me uh, i just want to see the rest of the um the white paper, you can uh, hop in the Discord. I've posted the Discord invite a few times, and you can see it posted there. Um, I'll probably post it on my page at some point. Uh, we have a, a Twitter page, but we're not launching it yet until after the airdrop. Um, and, you know, all that stuff is completed, and we'll, we'll have that up, and I'll, I'll retweet it and send it to you, and, and hopefully we can get it, get it spread around.
4: Hell yeah. And then if people want to get in on the airdrop,
3: how would they stay up to date with that? Just, just follow you? Uh, they could... So if they on the airdrop, going to happen very soon. Um, and we do have some space. So we're airdroping 500 tokens, and, um, you know, that's 50% of supply. And so there's there's a lot of, of airdrop there. Um, and you can do that. You just would want to get into the Discord. And then once you're in, just tell me that you were listening in on the uh, the base space, and I'll get you into the airdrop. Let's go. You're
2: all going to make
4: go, it. It's <laughs> Let's go, guys. He's got the freak hookup. Let's go.
2: Hurry up, uh, yo. He's dropping it soon. All slack.
4: Does anyone does anyone in the audience have questions for Ultra while well, we have him on? If you have questions, uh, feel free to request and I can let you on the space. I know, uh, Graf God, you, you joined in. Do you have anything uh, you want to ask? Or are you just vibing?
0: He did. He did. <laughs> It's okay. You know, I want to say from a mathematical perspective, I really dig the architecture of what you're laying out because it makes a lot of sense.
3: I appreciate that, bro. You know, honestly, I was uh, I was in Memphis, like on vacation, and I went to the to the the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid, which is this like absurd, like all glass pyramid that looks like it's in like Las Vegas, but it's like a for some reason it's a Bass Pro Shop. It's kind of—it was kind of cool, but very weird contrast. And as I was driving into it, like, you ever have those moments where like something just kind of hits you? You know, like you like just like, just it, like, you like the, the signal. The Bass yeah, was, like, Pro like, Shop pyramid
2: signaled you to create tip top. Is that what you're telling?
3: Me? I'm telling you that the Bass Pro Shop pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. Send me a direct transmission of the tokenomics and structure. Of <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bro, I'll, put my, just, right you know I'll it, put my life savings in right now. I'll put my life savings in right now if the Bass Pyramid <laughs> Pro Shop created. <laughs> now I need to visit these Bass Pro Shops for sure. <laughs>
0: it, it doesn't <laughs> matter where you're you how, it, how it happens. Do it, when you have that epiphany in life, it, it becomes an a clarity so much that you can literally step through it in your mind you can bring it from start to finish and when you have that vision it's unstoppable and i fully agree i've had those moments in my life it doesn't happen all the time but when it does oh my god
3: yeah it was just all of i immediately pulled over and i started typing everything out on my on my phone before i even went into that, i didn't even go to the best pro shop yet i uh i pulled over and i was like right outside like on a, the street outside of it and I uh, immediately started typing on my phone, and, and it was like, oh, that's a, that's a ceiling index, and it's like, that solves a lot of our, our issues with with index tokens. Um, you should put in, in the so, white
2: paper, that's fucking biblical, bro. Yeah, 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 I'll put that in the Comic Sans white paper, I'll put a picture of the... The Bass Pro Shop should just be, like, the background picture of the fucking white paper. It's one of those, hide- idea, just one of those hideous old fucking, like, Microsoft Word documents where they just made a transparent like a fucking murky photo in the background instead of it being white it's just the bass pro shop and he's right
3: the white paper on it that's a card that goes with the uh the comic sans aesthetic you know where i'm did comic sans I don't, everybody wants these white papers to be uh so super um kind of hard to read or, or they want to have this intellectual hierarchy on it and I, I really don't want that for any of the white papers for um projects i'm, I'm on you know you you want accessibility of information and you want people to, to understand it. And so that's, uh, I mean, I'm not saying comic Sans makes it easier to read, but that just goes with the theme of, of, of having a, a more accessible white paper. And so that was kind of done. Just to emphasize that it's, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, well, academic sounding and, you know, it makes a lot more sense for a coin to be like that whenever it's like a, a full layer one, like it makes sense for the each white paper to be complicated. It makes sense for the Uniswap V3 paper to be complicated because like it needs to be right. Um, but for tokens that aren't doing crazy, like we don't have to, we don't have to apply any crazy mathematics here. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know we're not going to obfuscate or you know hide the ball on it. You know it's it's all laid out and, and super easy to digest. And so, dude, I, was chill, I would shield a coin,
0: and, and I went onto the website and I looked at it, and it was like a 1980s interface. You know, and I'm like, good god, man, I, I, I can't bring myself to invest into it. And that was a big mistake because the coin took off like crazy i can't remember what the hell it was but i mean it looked you know it looked like dos commands all over the fucking page <laughs> i remember that I or did something similar to that
3: too dude like a bunch of those tokens when they were on on d did that and i think that was a way of like uh like a, a nudge like a, a a wink wink where it's like we like you know we know what we're doing but we're not taking ourselves too seriously and i think that uh it's always a good sign when projects do that maybe not always but it's not bad um, and so i
0: Keeping it real, you
4: know. Hundred percent. Ultra. Um. Out of curiosity, like, what other NFT projects are you super bullish on right now? Um.
3: Well, I like the uh, I like Reptilian Coin uh, RPTC. I like them a lot. They're doing uh, NFT. Uh, like comics and um like uh other forms of media i think they, they're planning out a, a show and stuff like that and i think stuff like that's really cool where you uh you have media that is uh you know it's a, it's a way of crowdsourcing funding to produce artistic content i think that you know as we move into this new kind of age of the economy we're going through a you hear it all the time. People say, you know, we're going to like a second industrial revolution, and, you know, we're going to a collapse of the labor market is, is essentially what's happening, and we're having a collapse of the labor market at the same time as, um, you know, a collapse upwards of, of our of fiat currency, where it's, I guess, the currency's not collapsing upwards, but the it's causing asset prices to collapse upwards because of the, you know, the hyperinflationary nature. And so we've got a very complex uh, geopolitical and, and, you know, geo-economic, global economic system that um, is – collapsing in a very particular way. And then what's happening is our labor market, we don't need, you know, most of the, you know, Andrew Yang in a certain way is, is right about a lot of this is like, you know, we're not going to need truck drivers soon. Um, we're not going to need, you know, cashiers, you know, a lot of these retail positions soon. Um, but that doesn't mean that people don't still deserve to, you know, to have um, the ability to create. And so, you know, I think that something that machines can't do is they can't make art that, um, that the same art the humans can at least and i think that for the foreseeable future that's going to be the case where they can make you know certain specialized things but like the, the innovation is still going to be coming from from you know the, the human mind for the foreseeable future and, and hopefully forever hopefully we don't get taken over by machines um but i think it's i think NFTs that's a really big bull case for me is is for funding um not just regular art but also different you know artistic forms of media um and i i think that you know it's just it's exciting to me um so i'm really bullish on um, then, um, and then I'm, I'm bullish on a lot of, you know, the, the infrastructure I'm, I'm bullish on being able to loan NFTs. Um, I, I think that's going to become really important. Um, and, yeah, so I, I think the whole space as a, as a whole is, is obviously getting a lot more mainstream support. And um, we're going to see a lot more corporate interaction uh, into NFTs. And we already have been seeing a ton. You know, we see Taco Bell and all these places are, are dropping NFTs. We see eBay. um letting nfts be sold on a platform we see christie's doing it you know, nfts aren't going anywhere it's a um they're, they're only going up for a long time and i think that uh we're still very early in the space and i don't think that every nft that's made now is going to be worth something but i think that you have a you know just like being early in anything you know getting early in on on nft uh kind of tech and uh, even the nfts themselves um for something that you like and then something that you think has has good appeal um, it has good tokenomics you know tokenomics matter a lot for nfts that's something that people don't um some people don't realize uh, and so i think if you get into projects that that are good i think the whole space as a whole is, is going to be very bullish for the foreseeable future um and i think that uh, the majority of that bullish is going to be on the ethereum blockchain it's, it's, it's the imperfection it's the
0: imperfection of the human mind that makes us unique that's what separates us from logical computers So you know, uh ultra i got a I got a question for you. Uh,
9: you were talking about uh, NFT infrastructure, and I was wondering whether you heard of uh, this project called Upshot.
3: I think I've I've uh, read something about that. What what is it?
9: Yeah. So the only reason that I know about it is because uh, it's. See, I don't know if it's an official Edge and Node product or not. But you know the 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 core team behind uh, the Graph uh, token. Um, you know there seems to be a lot of folks from there that are involved with it so i'm not sure if it's officially like part of that or not but basically it's a it's an nft curation uh protocol or system or whatever you want to call it uh you know and that's something that like at least i struggle with because i i don't you know i'm not some kind of art evaluator i have no idea what this stuff is worth you know i mean you i mean you can kind of tell based on the market to some extent you know what things sell for but Um, You know, where you seem to be kind of in on NFTs, I was just wondering whether you had any comments about that or not, or if you'd heard about it. Um, You know, it seems cool to me uh, because you can just throw up any NFT. Or I'm not really super well versed on it, but I guess the idea is you can throw up just about any NFT and get a price on it. You know, uh, uh, from a bunch of uh, folks that are, you know, incentivized via tokens to act, uh, you know, truthfully and give you a real number on it. So, it, it seemed cool uh, as an it's idea. It's
3: like Pawn Stars. It's like Pawn Stars. For it's like TV. Pawn
9: Stars,
1: exactly.
2: That's so I fucking like that. sick.
1: That's kind of dope. Yeah, I like that. I need to look into that more.
2: What's it um, called? I haven't. That's genius. It's called Upshot. Because these sea price evaluators are on some shit.
9: <laughs> yeah. Well, they have... Um, they have two tokens that are sort of involved with it. One of them is just like a reputation token, and it's not valuable or anything. Uh, but I read the white paper, and, well, I should say I skimmed the white paper, and uh, they, they were talking about um, there's another token they're going to release at some point uh, that will be regularly tradable, and honestly, anything that this Edge and Node team puts out, you know, I'm 100% Edge and Node, I'll buy one of them. Whatever the fuck they come out with, pretty much. Uh, But I also like the idea, like, regardless of, you know, the fact that it's uh, the graph team behind it. So, you know, and I I think they just came out. They just came out of closed beta um, and into open beta. So uh, now anyone can go onto their site and, um, and, you know, get involved and start, uh, you know, uh, appraising things.
3: Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, I think the whole space is going to grow, and I think the projects that have really solid um, use case like that are, are definitely um, a good place to be. So, I'll definitely. I appreciate you you bringing that up.
4: Have you uh, Have you looked into NFTs for like real estate, or starting to explore um, other other
9: use cases outside of art? Let me tokenize my house and put it into Ave. I'll do it right
3: now. yeah so i think that that's a a really cool uh development's gonna happen for nfts soon too and you already see it some you know there's some artists that are that are selling you know the intellectual property um along with their nfts like you know azalea banks did a uh like an audio only sex tape and sold the uh the tape but along with the nft came the full rights to market it and sell it and so i think that's really cool and something that's going to be be happening a lot in the future, and I think that uh, there'll definitely be an option on, on Tiptop as, as to whether or not you want to um, make it to where the Tiptop is, you know, if someone spends a Tiptop token that, that you get, um, or, you know, if the NFT wants, if they, the creators can limit their supply as well, they can limit to one if they want it or whatever, and whether or not they want to include intellectual property rights, uh, I think it's going to be really uh, something that is. Very nascent right now um, because the the regulatory structure is not that clear. But I think that um, over time we're going to see a lot more use for, yeah, maybe maybe for, uh, for you know, intellectual property or for I don't know about like actual real estate. But maybe I could see um, it being used for something like uh, your deed or something like that. I'm a law student, am a third year law student, that deferred to focus on this. Uh, um, so I've got I'm not going back until spring, but. Went to Wake Forest Law in North Carolina, um, so I've, I've learned a lot about. it. I'm not a lawyer; I can't give legal advice, um, but I've I've learned a lot about the about it. I'm very bullish on on the use of of it for um, proof of uh, ownership of you know legal rights. Um, so those legal rights could be you know intellectual property or, or physical property or. Anything of the sort. So I think that's something that we'll eventually see more of, especially when you know gas fees could get get a bit lower. And also, you could use it for you know, like chain of custody, proof of chain of custody is something that the NFTs will probably be used for at some point um, because you can verify on the blockchain who has the NFT. And so once the transfer costs are really low, uh, I think we'll start to see more of, of stuff like that, or we'll start to see side chains being spun up that are used for things like that.
0: You know, everything everything you're saying supports that that model of real estate, right? Chain of custody. You know, property changes hands. You know, I mean, if you look at an NFT, it essentially is a MAC address to, you know, any kind of computer or device. It's it's a unique identifier, period. And and to be able to utilize that and capitalize it, I mean, real estate is going to boom this market like none other. You know, Art, I, I appreciate it. And I, I, I do it myself, and I, I see that as... The forefront and the beginner, the pioneer, state. But when you look at real estate, when you look at automobiles, when you look at any unique item that has to be uniquely identified, NFTs all the way. Definitely,
3: you're like leaking alpha all the time, Brett, <laughs> all the time. Um, and that's part of the you know part of the plan behind the. You know, the monetization structure for for TipTop and you know, TipTop has the second token TopCat. As part of the monetization structure for TopCat is that um, essentially what we could we could do is we could have it to where um, you could spin up incentivization, you know, temporary incentivizations that are um, used to uh, have crowdsourced creation of uh, art or any type of intellectual property or any type of uh, thing like that to where. You know the creator is um by participating is um assenting to the the transfer of that digital property and so it's like a a decentralized uh you know incentivized to create um you know intellectual property or 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 something along those lines so there's a lot of ways you can you can go about it and i think that we're super early in the space um and art is, is a clear um easy to understand like starter um starter pack for how to how to Get into nfts um, because everybody can understand how it kind of works um you can see the picture and, and you can see it in your account and you can know that you own it um and eventually i think that as the space grows more we'll get more and more into um, that kind of a little bit more complex stuff i think that you know there's something to be said with nfts for um data and online identity um i think that you know the you know I'm ultraxpt.eth it means that you know you can find my ethereum address by going to ultraxpt.es. Um And so I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of use cases that, that'll be there because people aren't going to keep the same wallet forever. Um, for various reasons, people are going to want to change wallets. And so, um, you know, I think there's even something to be said for, I'm in a, so like an Ethereum scholar, which means that you know, I have a picture with italic and stuff like that. I get, uh, I get to go to the, the DevCons for free um, and stuff like that. And essentially, you know, I've... What was I going to say? I, don't know. I started bragging about the Totalic thing. Oh, yeah. So I'm on this, uh, I'm on GitHub with some people um, that are working on using NFTs for GDPR compliance, um, which is pretty cool. You know, helping uh, companies ensure that uh, customers, uh, you know, once we actually transition to Web3, making it easy for companies to ensure their customers' data is secure and compliant with the GDPR standards, um, which I think is going to be a really cool uh, idea and something that we might might see adoption is not map, it's something in where um, you can give people sovereignty over their data in a tokenized manner um, and have a track of, of, of um, its use. So um, do, I think see, early. It's a lot of stuff going to come out soon.
0: I want to ask you do, you, do you see possibly, you know, using something like, you know, Chainlink's Candid ID to house almost a wallet per se to hold your nfts individually off of you know off of any blockchain or any
3: site where you have full control i think that would be amazing and i think that uh you know if we once we get to that point we're in a very good spot for for nfts and and for Chainlink and for other chains as a whole because um, i do think that you know NFTs are going to be here to stay and i think that there's a lot of disbelief in the market because people still think of them as just Art nfts um and there's nothing wrong with our nfts but people won't, haven't really realized that and so we've had the first hype cycle is essentially what we've had for nfts um and we're about to get a value cycle and i think that we're going to be very bullish for the foreseeable future and so i think any chain that is uh, particularly chains that are working on leveraging ETH's value ETH has a lot of value in the nft space and uh, i think that 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 leveraging that and making ways for that value to become more accessible um, is a very big bull case for anyone who does. I I think that that'd that be a great thing for, um, for Devs to focus on creating, and I think that'd be good for not just Chainlink, but for NFTs as a whole. Give me a
0: wallet of NFTs, right?
3: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: All right, I'm going to start on.
3: <laughs> Let me know, bro. That sounds, that sounds cool.
1: What's up, Andrew? Do you have a question for uh, Ultra? Yeah, I um, this it sounds interesting, and I wanted I'm
6: gonna do more diving into it. I just wanted to also add in to the NFT uh, talk, if if I may. Uh, a lot of people are like really focused on the digital art aspect, and in actuality, NFT is anything physically owned. So, the market potential of an NFT could be Web3 and DeFi combined and even more. So, we're like just scratching the surface. NFT's potential is
2: massive. Well, what people what don't realize about. is like it's pretty much already NFT. Like, everything already has a serial number or a VIN or like a product number, whatever the. They're just stored shittily and not on the blockchain like it's pretty easy to switch once they make
3: code the issue is like linking them to the physical world and so i've been thinking about that and trying to figure out a way and someone's going to do it eventually whoever does it's going to be a fucking billionaire like whoever makes it to where you can use nfts to verify the authenticity of like your yeezys is going to make a billion dollars it sounds like it's easy to do right it sounds like you say okay you put a serial number on the Yeezy and then you put a serial number on the nft right but it's really not that easy um, because you can still just copy one of the existing serial numbers on the blockchain, right? And so you have to find a way to link the physical items. I do think there is going to be a massive market there. Um, but I think the market, you don't even need to look at that. You can look at all the digital item sales and, and then extrapolate the NFT uh, market value to that. And then as an added bonus, um, any physical item that would need to be verified, you could certainly will come up with a solution at some point. You know, I was thinking maybe you could do like a Google Auth type thing, like a, a TOTP device. A time-based one-time password device, um, and have that link to, NF, an, an some type of verification service NFT. It's just really hard to do it um, in a decentralized way because you know with the way the TOTP works is that you're locking a, a seed on, and so if you lock a seed on a blockchain, then you're going to be able to view it on a blockchain. Um, but if you, you could come up with some type of way of, of um, verifying it, or, or even have a even if it is a centralized service, having a service that can verify you can use and type it in um, and then basically the device, the physical device would be something like a, a, a little LCD screen that you press a button and it shows you what the based on time, what the um, the code is just like G off, just like Google authorization does. Um, so that that's, thing,
0: where, that's where off chain computation comes in, in. hand, Right. So you cannot have everything on chain. There has to be off chain too. And having that correlation between the two and a secure non exposure type of way to what you know like John Wolpert says you know I, you know every, the blockchain is is a naked guy standing on the beach you, you have to be able to encrypt it hide it and correlate right on chain and off chain and that's where the real catch is you know i mean you talk about you know particular individual things like you know whether it's it's a Gucci purse or or a car or real estate or a mortgage to a house or a deed, you know, those are gonna be housed in different places off chain and, and tie it into on chain where we can track the transition or the the you know changing of hands throughout the life cycle of this NFT. And you know, whether it's housed individually on these, you know, entities of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac or whoever in the mortgage companies or in a particular wallet you know that that kind of expands on what we're talking about and, and i think that's a niche that hasn't been busted out yet i mean everybody keeps their crypto in a fucking wallet right whether it's a, it's a it's a hard wallet or, or a digital wallet but you you don't want to have it sitting on an exchange you have it sitting on exchange you're fully out there it's not your key just my thoughts
7: hey um, I wanted to speak on something particularly that was brought up um, about shoes. Um, I I had some friends that were locals that are invested in a project called Suku. Um, and I did a demo for my friends,
0: so that way, because I'm more knowledgeable than them, um, to see if it was worth investing
7: into. And so when, during the demo, um, this, these Suku guys told us that they're actually going to be doing um, stuff directly with sneakers. Um, so that's that's I don't hold on show just just info um but the uh one thing that i have as as a question is um where do you where do you see um scalability for nfts because um i have i got a lot of friends that are artists but they just can't afford the uh the fees um who's going to be leading the way for nft scalability
3: well i think that these two will, will make it plenty scalable um but i think there's also you know really cool developments like you know we've got uh, zero knowledge proofs and um stuff like that they can happen off chain to do the any type of uh you know calculations off chain or keep the uh, nft off chain until it's needed uh, and there's also you know we have uh, like Matic um is pretty well versed on nfts and that's part of the reason they've been um doing so well in my opinion is that um they were really you know we were looking at chains and we looked at a, a few different uh options but most of them didn't have the infrastructure that's needed and so the most important thing for adoption is user interface these days and um i mean i don't know if you've tried using like a solid like it's really hard to use for to like use like soul or whatever um but you know metamask is pretty damn good um and so ETH has been focusing on that user interface really well and so we wanted to find another chain that, that had a decent user interface had a decent infrastructure um and so uh not really good for that um, but I also think that there's a lot of, uh, for, for basic, you know, artists that are just starting out, you can do lazy minting, um, and let the buyer pay the gas cost for you. Um, lazy minting is supported on OpenSea right now. And, uh, I think that's something we could integrate with Tip Top as well is, is just make it lazy minted. You don't have to actually mint it. Wait until there's actually demand to mint it and the buyer pays the mint cost. Um, and I think that's going to be the most accessible option um, for being on ETH. And then I think once we go to ETH too, I think the costs will become negligible. I think, you know, if you're looking at NFTs versus physical items, there's a lot of, a ton of overhead that's involved, um, that we're able to completely, uh, remove here. Like for, you know, even a, a physical print, you have to print it and you have to ship it. You know, there's a lot of costs there that aren't just monetary costs, but environmental costs as well. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, the cost of the NFT, um, we have to, to look at that too, and look at what the cost of producing a physical um, item would be. Uh, and I think that you know, once we get down, once we get these two merged, which I think will be sooner than we think, uh, and once CIP fifteen fifty nine kicks in, I think we're going to start looking at uh, much more accessible rates. Um, and even if they aren't, I think that uh, you know, lazy minting is a plenty of good solution
2: for most people. Can you explain uh, for beginners what MetaMask is and how that universal uh, wallet kind of works for the ERC tokens?
3: Yeah, so MetaMask is made by uh, ConsenSys which is an Ethereum Foundation funded uh, arm and essentially they've been focusing on it for years and it's a standalone app that includes a secure Ethereum wallet or it's a plug for your phone or for the computer, it's a plug-in for Chrome. And it works for a lot of chains, that like you people use it for, uh, for Binance Smart Chain, too. It works for most of the Ethereum um, virtual machine compatible, EVM compatible chains, um, it still works for Matic as well. And it's because it's, you know, these chains are essentially clones of ETH. You know, Matic's a clone of these um, that has a different uh, consensus mechanism, just like DSC, uh, same thing. Um, you know you're using each technology and so uh consensus made this wallet uh and you know that obviously them being um it's, it's run by you know uh, joseph lupin which is one of the early ethereum uh developers and obviously they know what the fuck they're doing and so it's very secure and it has hardware integration which means you can plug in your uh, ledger into it and use your ledger through metamask and have that extra layer of security and uh it's also just super easy to use and very good user interface and it automatically uh, determines stuff like gas fees and stuff like that for you, which is really nice, um, which sometimes you have to adjust it a bit. But for the average user, um, doing, doing transactions on it, it's pretty reliable. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a pretty basic uh, – it can hold any ERC-20 token. Um, I want to cool. do a plug
0: for John Wolpert. He, he's a co-founder of Consensus, co-founder of Hyperledger, and the co-founder of Baseline Protocol. The guy is, what I call him is the Wozniak of fucking crypto. the guy is just fucking incredible. Sounds like a powerhouse. Yeah, I know
2: the consensus team <laughs> is very strong. He sounds like a powerhouse.
0: Dude, the guy is nuts,
2: dude. I mean, no, I no, you know. It's he just the way he, it
0: he He is. I mean, if you guys aren't following John Wolpert and you aren't watching the Baseline Protocol Magic Bus series, you're missing the big boat. Because the things that he's putting together on the back end, and, and I was so fucking pissed. And I said this before on the Ethereum conf- conference in Singapore, when they shoved him out into the fucking street to do its, his talk. And I'm like, John, you should be fucking center, front and center, leading this whole fucking conference, dude. What, what you're doing, dude, you're orchestrating a momentum of, of getting Fortune 500 companies buying in to the whole blockchain, period. And that's what he's doing. That's the, I just want to do a shout out to him, man, the guy's boss.
3: And that's their that's you know that's their play the whole time. You know, Heath has a very strong development uh, team and very strong funding for development, and that's why you know it's all these. All these chains are using solidity because ETH uses solidity. They're all using Ethereum virtual machine. ETH virtual machine. Um, and if you don't, then you're facing a huge uphill battle because so much money and so much funding, and just in general, there's so much uh, investment that's in the Ethereum space versus other chains. That the developer incentive is massive, and so you're fighting an uphill battle. And the ETH, that's because the Ethereum Foundation and consensus and just general ETH ecosystem from the very beginning um has put a very strong emphasis on developing infrastructure and having that infrastructure is very important like we people get pretty uh pretty nervous when they have to deal with like bad ui and rightfully so like if you're dealing with a blockchain and, and the ui feels a little bit wonky you're going to start wondering like what well, is my money okay um so having like a super smooth wallet like like that is is super important um and it's part of the reason that, that eth has been you know, pretty unstoppable in that regard so I think that, uh, you know, the priorities are right there and I think it makes a lot of sense um, that MetaMask is, is doing so well and the ETH doing so well. Bay, did you have
2: any questions? I saw you join. We had a few speakers that joined and spoke.
1: Does anyone have any questions? Uh, Bay Bay's just vibing. Uh, I saw Forza. Where is it? Do you have any questions?
5: No questions at the moment, guys. I'm just listening in. What's the core topic here? Is it just Ethereum specifically? Are you guys looking at any other uh, Layer 1 chains and speaking about those or just speaking about ETH tonight? We're focused right now on NFTs. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, what do you guys feel outside of the digital art, the core use cases about NFTs in the future? Like, for me, sometimes I think about tokenizing real estate. Like, for example, owning... Uh, a fractionalized portion of the Empire State Building or owning a portion of, like, a royalty right to a song. So what do you guys maybe want to inject a little bit into the, the future of NFTs outside of this digital art craze, which I personally feel is, is
0: a bubble? See, like, let think it, Not just art. You know, I mean, it, it, as everybody's saying, you know, it's art is the forefront. But when we real hit the balls to the metal, we're talking real estate we're talking cars we're talking anything that has fucking value everything is nft and you know i'm bullish on chain link but i'm seriously bullish on nft because having that unique identifier will cause full ownership and traceable ownership to, to go off that
7: um i totally agree and i i think a big market for nfts is land because oftentimes we see land just getting bought up by government agencies or, like, uh, forcing people out of their land. But if there was some way to enforce it with an NFT that you strictly own a certain
0: acreage to this point, like this uh, GPS location. Exactly. Um, How many people yeah. have been fucked out of their land because they couldn't trace it back far enough on the exactly. ownership? That's I'm that's thinking. Like, in the smart contract of the NFT... It
7: has the coordinates and you know all that. Like I'm not a and I'm not you know I'm not a smart contract developer. But that's just like what I would think um, could be a benefit of
0: NFTs. You know, whether we're tracing a fucking tangerine from from Africa getting to you know fucking Minnesota Minneapolis and into a fucking Whole Foods, it's having that trackability. That's the capability of the blockchain. Then we apply it to the unique identifier of the NFT, having that ability to track the life cycle end to end. You know what this is reminiscent to me is is, is when you look at a, a, a CMDB, change management database, right? And you have CIs, configuration items. Having those unique identifiers, you only put configuration items into a CMDB when they have value. And when they have value, you want to track them from fucking beginning to end, and you want to track everything that has an interaction with that, and that is exactly what we're doing with NFTs. And and, and you know we're we're talking NFTs on, on real estate. well fucking put NFTs inside an organization. Now your CIs have been replaced by NFTs. So I mean the aspect and, and, and the application is fucking mind blowing, guys. We're looking at a forefront of a beginning uh, of an epiphany. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, this is what I do all fucking day long. Yeah. And I'm seeing this. Go
2: ahead. It's kind of just like what Sergey elaborates on in the Lex Friedman interview is like, I don't know, you can talk about different use cases all day long, but at the end of the day, codifying human agreements and making undeniable truth that's verifiable works in every human arrangement of all time ever. Like, you, you can apply it to any any person, any field, any genre, any, it doesn't matter. Once humans have codified agreements that's undeniable and that the whole world runs off that, it doesn't matter if you sell cars, houses, or art. You have to use it. And, and, you
5: and it's always you want. like, what about, like, for, like, identity, like KYC, for example, um, kind of like a zero-knowledge proof where you wouldn't have to necessarily expose or give your personally identifiable information to another party, but, for example, you could confirm you're a U.S. citizen or you're from some domicile, for example. Could that be, like, an application as well?
0: To see, that's where it kind of splits. I mean, I think that's where Chainlink is, is taken off on their aspect of Candid ID, you know, you know, could you handle that in an NFT? Possibly, but will it fully fulfill the functionality? I don't think so. I mean, all the aspects of your ID. You know, think about the aspect. And I'm not trying to hijack this whole conversation, but think about the aspect of a candid ID of credit card. You know, breaches, data breaches, or or healthcare. All of that shit will go away because you own the the information. And when you own the information, it cannot be leaked to anywhere else. You know, you use an NFT possibly to tie it in, and when an insurance company wants to query that information, all they get is the NFT. They don't get your crucial right, right. information, your exactly. social. Exactly. Yeah, and step step from the side, and, and and it's it's almost like now we have layers of protection that we never had before, and we start splitting that off. I think this is going to greatly expand. I mean, guys, we are on the fucking pioneer precipice of change. So what, well said. Not, not to uh,
5: so like what platforms are you guys looking at? Cuz like right now you have obviously the digital art. But like what kind of platforms outside just to like expand the use cases? What is like the forefront of a potentially good investment or a promising
0: Well, art, art, in my opinion, is extremely important because it has first and foremost value, right? And then when you start to expand upon it, you know, there there are going to be other projects that fall suit. Do you want to jump into a project that is all across the board and tries to tackle everything? I don't think so. I I, I want niche markets. I I want focus. and, And I want... Laser focus, because that tells me that they're looking at every aspect of possibility. So, you know, I, from what we're talking about tonight, the shit doesn't exist. So, if the wheels are turning in your head, it's time ty- time to start learning coding and time to start whiteboarding the shit out. Uh, it's funny just, you say that. I'm actually doing
7: crypto zombies right
2: now. I am on the podcast. I- But I guess another answer to your question, um, if you're looking for investments in NFTs and you're looking for art plus value, I think the concept of Toshima as a project is a good place to start your research uh, because it doesn't have to, it can have art value, but also have utility case. And I think uh, that's where a lot of these long-term like I think that's where your money's safest if you want to invest in NFTs is something that's also art and utility, not just, uh, I don't know, looks cool and is an animation.
5: And that seems like, if you think about it culturally speaking, like crypto is, is so in tune with Gen Y, Gen Z, just like getting that or those respective um, cohorts, generational cohorts, like onboarded with like the meme <coughs> culture and with the NFTs and with the art. It's like a shoe in that the next iteration, it's almost like you're not even going to be knowing you're using blockchain, for example. It's just a very easy user experience. Um, but you'll be onboarded with the meme culture. So it's like almost like this perfect marrying of these practical application with the, with the artwork and the meme culture. So, so it's definitely going to blow up. But I just feel like right now, it's, it's definitely saturated and um, yeah, it just needs to expand the use case. I don't really so I think really it's saturated yeah, I think that
3: the art NFTs are—you um, know—we're in a hype cycle, and I think that a lot of people. I think the main issue that, that happens is that people think that the—you know—the tops all blown off the NFT market or it's saturated because they don't. Um, they're, they're factoring in one particular sector of the market and that, that sector of the market is a bunch of uh indie artists that are flipping in and, and that's really what we're trying to solve with with tip top you know we're doing two projects here we have toshman and, and tip top and you know toshman is uh i think really good for beginners in the space it has a little bit of everything um, you know we've got nfts but not just art nfts um nfts that are Collectible, and the NFTs themselves have good tokenomics; they're deflationary, um, and then also utility NFTs, and so people can play a game with them. And then we also have LP NFTs, which allow people to do DeFi stuff. Um, so we're a, an NFT project that has DeFi components, and so it's a really good good starter project. Um, and then you know, with with TipTop, TipTop is solving uh, um, a lot of the the issues with with what caused this kind of hype cycle. And that that issue is that. Um, you know, it only feels like a bubble because there's so many NFTs out there. But it's not very decentralized. Supposed to tell people they can't make, uh, they can't make any NFTs, right. And so with with Tiptop, top, the we're, we're ensuring demand before we make supply, you know, price and value is, is an equilibrium of supply and demand. And so if there's not demand, if there's not people that are actually liking it and enjoying the, the creation and, and engaging with it, um, if there's not enough, then there, there's no supply. And so you know, that right there in, in itself is, is solving a lot of that issue. But NFTs are so much more than, than just art. NFTs are art. That's one thing they can be. But it's just, it's tying a, uh, on the blockchain, it's a, a ledger of, of who owns any type of, of digital item. Uh, and so there's so much more to it. You know, it's not just a, a JPEG or anything like that. Know. You know, there's a lot that how goes about, into it. like, how
2: about,
5: like... Uh lateralized by an NFT with the underlying NFT representative
0: of like a title to a home. Hold on, on. let me take this because what he's saying is exactly right. Their mechanics is they're giving value that's verifiable on the NFT. And that's what a lot of NFT spaces lack. It's, It's more hype than anything. What they're doing is a mathematical equation on demand. So now you take tip top on top of real estate, where you look at versus Iowa and, you know, California, the value would be applied from a tip top equation could just greatly expand it all. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong,
3: but that's where I'm seeing this going. Yeah, I think that there's a. Uh... You know, there's there's a lot of use cases here, and I think there's a lot of ways to incentivize, um, you know, not only demand but to incentivize you know incentivize correct supply. Um, we don't want too much supply of any asset. You know, we don't want too many apples. Too many apples to me, they're going to go bad before we eat them, right? So it's the same thing for for NFTs. We have to make sure that the supply matches the demand. And so that's the, the, the core platform feature is that we're ensuring that that supply does match that demand. And so along with that will come a brand of, of well-structured tokenomic NFTs, and that brand should, should help carry um, some weight as well, just, just from the fact that, you know, it's not watered down. You know, you go on OpenSea and, and it can feel as if it's watered down um, because there's so many, so many things there. Um, so that that's part of it, too, that adds to the, the overall value is the fact that. Um, we're all on the same playing field, and we all know the rules. And um, we all know that the supply is not going to get out of hand unless, um, unless it should. You know, we're not gonna—it's not going to be a huge supply unless there's a, a good reason for it. Jesus, man! If I understand correctly, do
0: timeshares off the top? <laughs> hey guys, can I go ahead and add
6: something in here? Hey, go for it. Right on. Thank you. Um, I'm extremely fond of nfts but i'm not a huge collector of the actual art pieces right now because i believe what you guys are talking about there's kind of two concepts they're searching out the nfts to invest into that might rise in value um but then there's a untapped future realm where we're kind of just barely accessing the smart contract functionality and so you know you're overlapping track and trace which is something that's really good for DLT. Something I've invested into is like Origin Trail uh, with their decentralized knowledge graph. But, you know, you're talking about real estate. That can also be applied just by tokenizing a house. You can mint a token that represents your house and do the same thing. It doesn't actually have to be an NFT. So where I think NFTs are really, really awesome and is just barely being tapped into is more of community building, fundraising, And uh, kind of bringing together aspects of blockchain to communities. Because you can offer, rather than minting your own token to sell and do an ICO, you can offer NFTs that represent your brand that now can be updated with future products you release. Maybe you're selling albums that you can update the songs afterwards. And so it becomes this really cool bridge into... Basically, creating a brand and fundraising and generating revenue for artists and communities without having to miss an actual token, but utilizing other blockchains. Um, yeah, so
0: I think like, you missed you missed a good part of the conversation, and that's part of what, what we're touching on. But I think you're even expanding on on it. Yeah,
6: yeah, definitely. Because I mentioned, I heard you guys talk about particularly like what would be good to invest into which chains, and you're mentioning Matic. Um, I think XDI is another really cool option for NFT. Um, Mintable has a cool platform. But, yeah, I guess just elaborating on where the space has, because I was kind of inspired by when you mentioned. You know, if your wheels are turning, and this is what you're thinking. Like, I'm currently building a project right now that's NFT-based that has to do with this. So I've been thinking a lot about the utilization of NFTs and how to use that smart contract,
0: especially now that they're becoming updatable. Mute, we should take him into another session and brainstorm as a group our collective because I think the power of multiple minds, we can create anything. Absolutely. 100% bro, I'm down to host a
4: brainstorm session on here. We have so many intelligent people that come on the space, I'm
7: sure we could come up with something crazy. Yeah, to jump in on that real quick, um, I just want to encourage everyone that is listening. Uh, if you think you have an idea that, like, you know, someone else might relate to, definitely request to be on. Like, we want to hear from everyone in our audience. Like, it's a community for a reason. It's not just us sitting up, a, up here talking all day, like we're on some high horse or anything. Like, I definitely personally want to hear from a lot of you. If you have ideas that you want to share or questions that you want to ask, so just keep that in mind.
6: Cool, well, thanks. I was feeling inspired to do exactly that. Appreciate it. Hell
4: yeah.
1: Um, I think we'll bring on one more. I see Xavier. <clears throat> Hi, guys. Thanks for um, hosting this. Uh, my question is um, kind of long term, but I don't really know you know, whether it's going to be long term, medium term, or short term depending on how fast the space moves. But um, what I'm thinking about is like the idea of like decentralized governance and how that will work, um, or is it something that is inevitable within the future when it comes to um, the way that blockchain is moving? Because um, when I think about blockchain, I just think about contracts, and inevitably, when you think about it in terms of size and scale, uh, you know, governance is social contract, um, and it's a system of social contracts. So. I'm wondering if you guys see, um, you know, uh, there's obviously going to be obstacles because of people in power and because of um, government systems that currently want to hold on to their power, but do you think that it is inevitable in, in a sense that, like, we are going to end up moving towards a system of decentralized governance? Um, and if so, um, like, how, how do you foresee that um, changing the landscape? Please define closer to centralized governance. So it would be aspects of, um, so any anything that is required of a social contract. So for instance, um, like voting, for instance, right? Like voting can be something that is done through the blockchain. Um, when it comes to governance, like, you know, we, we talk about governance in the sense of, um, you know, we have tokens on like, Uniswap or something like that, and then what, like there will be like a democratic system through which decisions are made, um, and that's something that you could potentially translate to uh, democratic systems and legislation. And um, it, it basically, it, it's it's something that's not in existence right now, but I can foresee it being something that evolves through a blockchain system. Um, so I'm I'm just wondering if you think that that's possible or if you think that that's something that is too far fetched.
2: I think something that might answer your question is if is is if Ultra could elaborate on the voting process they're building out for the Toshiman uh, holders, like I think that would be a pretty decent parallel to what it would take to build out like a local governance system.
3: So <clears throat> governance systems are are interesting in, in crypto and most of the structures that we have now are, are oligarchical in nature, um, where, you know, it's it's whoever has the, you know, I guess we have some reputation based systems, but, um, you know, there's there's ways to game those as well. And so we, we still haven't no one has solved the the key governance uh, problems that we, we have. Um, yeah, but I'm confident they will be solved um, and we're getting there. Uh, we're getting closer. Um, with Togemon it's it's relatively basic. Uh, with Tochmon, it's based on uh, token ownership and on uh, ownership of LP NFTs. And so, you know, we, we want to make sure that the LP NFTs are always tied to uh, the benefits of of the tokens themselves. Um, and so, essentially, what you can do is, you know, it's a non this is a non managerial uh, uh, voting mechanism. It's a non managerial uh, governance token. And you know you can use it to vote for um, stuff that, that doesn't affect the day to day business decisions. That's for uh, you know legal reasons. Um, you know DAO tokens are um, sometimes considered securities by the, the SEC, um, and you know it's it's for for no good reason necessarily. Um, it depends on how they're launched and stuff, but it's it's always a it's better to, to go with a uh, utility token structure. And, you know, and, and tip top and everything, I mean, we're all, we're above water. We're, um, we're not, you know, I'm not anonymous of, uh, you know, everybody, I've, I've been doxxed, not just face, like my, my whole name is, is doxxed. And I'm Alex Perry, my name. Um, and, you know, we have a, a full actual business structure. You know, we're incorporated in Wyoming. Uh, you know, we have a bank account you know we have coinbase we can we can pay employees in w2 and you know something that uh, a lot of the you know some of the anon projects can't do and i'm not saying anon projects are 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 bad i think anon projects are are really good typically um but you know it's a a little bit different vibe um so you know you you play by a a different rule set typically when you're anon versus when you're doxxed and uh, i think that both types of of, of ways we're about it are, are important, um, but we're going about it this way. Um, and I think that it, it makes it a little bit easier for to bring on new users when um, you go about it this way, and there's a little bit uh, more trust by people that aren't, um, you know, crypto-natives, and so that was, the, that was why the choice happened there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a governance token, and um, essentially you can do, uh, you're essentially voting to determine if, uh, you know, we're going to have tournaments, and we're going to have, uh, like, bracketed tournaments. And we're going to have uh, wagering and so when you have those aspects you want to have the community get some sort of input to make sure that you know the game doesn't get crazy overpowered or or anything like that um or is crazy off balance or if a meta one meta is way too powerful then you know changes will need to be made um and it's it's always better to have that um that decision made by people that are that are stakeholders and, and that are um in the maybe stakeholders is a, is a bad word but you know, they have a stake in the in the, the future of the, the game and of the of the cards and every of the ecosystem as a whole. And so uh, you know, that's that's the idea behind the governance for, for Toshman is is uh to to give that power back um, to people that are that are invested um, not just monetarily but from a time standpoint like you know emotionally in the ecosystem. And the
2: reason I had Alex explain is, that, is right? that one yeah. Uh, one second, the Sorry reason Connor, but it's important. Go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I was just saying the reason uh, I, I had him say, to explain it in a gaming sense, right, is because the once you realize the basics, you realize that that doesn't have to work just in-game, right? Like, the community is the yeah. holders, and they decide everything, right? And uh, if you hear, like, oh, you don't want the game, uh, you don't want a character in the game being overpowered, well, Change that to, oh, we don't want our taxes going towards this, or we don't want this governor here anymore. Like that's just a direct translation of how, on a bigger scale, it works the same way. You just have to have the power into the community through financial incentive That's just in general.
5: general what what we want. The speaker's question was about uh, like how is governance moving in general. Like Wyoming is like becoming a crypto haven. Um, and didn't they recently like acknowledge the status, the legal status officially of a Dow, recognizing it as an LLC. So I think it's definitely, it's moving in that direction. It seems like if other States want to compete, it's just game theory. They're going to hopefully open up and recognize. Wyoming is favorable. Yeah. We're, we're in Wyoming.
0: That's, that's correct. Yeah. So like my, so. Yeah, the, but don't we, don't we have to avoid ownership having value, right? I mean, each individual at least in the united states has a voice and and if you own more than somebody else i mean why would that still give you more of a voice on a vote and that's the one-to-one ratio that we need to stick to yeah
3: i guess the the key issue that is is yet to be solved is the uh issue of new entrance into a dow um you know because I think that it makes a lot of sense for some products. Like I think it actually makes decent sense for Tosh for, for to be relatively, you know, oligarchical in nature. Um, and, you know, there's plans for, you know, rewards will be done in, in, in governance tokens and in LP NFTs. So, you know, whenever someone wins a tournament, they'll look at that stake, and that, that kind of makes a lot of sense. But, you know, the whole problem hasn't been solved yet, though, because we're trying to be accessible to people of all socioeconomic backgrounds as much as we can. Um, and so, you know, there's the issue with, with making it, you know, you can't just have anybody walk in either because then we don't know their identity and we don't know that someone's not just, you know, making a bunch of wallets or something like that. So eventually I think that the solution probably comes in some sort of Turing test, some sort of proof of human that allows you to participate in a DAO. Um, and I think that a proof of human as a prerequisite is probably where it goes, but I think we're a ways off. Um, right. Well, um, we have two, we have a two,
0: two, per, two party scenario. One is a one-to-one ratio when it talks to governance and voting, and the other one is a shareholder perspective, like, a, you know, a shareholder in a stock.
2: Correct. Yeah, and that's what, what I was going to say to you, Krapu, is if a community were to want to run off of a DAO, right, it would have to be just the one-to-one ownership thing. Just check that, make sure you do own the community token so you can be evolved. Not that whoever has the most community tokens has the most say it's just a way to verify you are helping support this community like for example in the Toshimon sense i got access to the beta because they could verify that i was an lp stakeholder through one of the nfts but it didn't matter how many i had all i had to do is have one and so that gave me an option to be a part of the community so if you do that model in a neighborhood right it doesn't matter if you own 25 uh winding ridge tokens right uh you, as long as you own one winding ridge token you get to say what the winding ridge neighborhood votes on um fucking
0: fucking connor i love you dude because you, you know what you're talking about is an hoa <laughs> we're gonna vote in our community
2: exactly and and that's, that's what and these systems in the hoa People don't really interact, like, I, I lived mostly in the suburbs most of my life. They don't really interact with each other, right? Like, there's a few people who are making the decisions for a majority of the neighborhood, and most people are too busy to vote and get involved and protest the decisions the HOA is making. But if you make it like a poll system that every week or every month or every year, the community goes to the local thing, and as long as you have the, uh, like, a made up a neighborhood named winding ridge token you can vote on what the future of the winding ridge neighborhood does Mute we got way too much fucking alpha coming out of this session <laughs> it's so based so that's hey, another man. use that's case for big.
3: nfts
2: and based the technology right it's like it, if you make that winding ridge token 25 cents like it, as long as you pay for the gas still be verified on the blockchain that you own that it doesn't have to be expensive right um so that's it's just a whole different way to make sure and also it kind of gets away from the citizenship thing right like uh right now like we have a lot of people in america who affect the communities but don't vote because they're not registered as legal citizens but if you switch away from having to be a citizen to vote and you switch to this tokenomics right and you just anonymously own a community token you can vote without having to worry about being exposed as an illegal citizen and then that way everyone has a voice even if you're there uh, in whatever shape or form without risking uh, giving up yourself to custody just trying to vote for changes in your community there's a lot of dynamics in,
0: in wow I mean, I'm looking at this aspect, and I'm getting fucking goosebumps left and right. I I can't even begin to tell you guys. Looking at the evolution of technology, I mean, I'm talking from the beginning of the fucking internet. What we're looking at is an evolution to a scale that we've never seen in our lifetimes. You you know, you think...
2: Go (laughs) Go ahead. I I just want to give you another, like, cool use case of... Ultra brought up this project I've been watching I don't invest in any of it but it's called cope right and it's based around the concept of crypto Twitter and the, it's a community token and uh, if your cope accounts kind of tied to your Twitter account and if you post successful trades and successful TA right uh, you get rewarded through cope and the people who over time are the more consistent traders, get more attention in the community, right? So it's just like these whole systems that just verify truth and success over hype or uh like making sure you're so a citizen like without exposing clear. yourself. I don't really like Coke that much. <laughs> no, but I but the concept but is cool. I, I, don't want right? to it out there. I don't want it to seem like I'm like a big Coke. <laughs> No, I, I think it probably goes up. I think the number goes up on it for sure. But, yeah, well,
0: just what uh, about different. the DNS? The DNS one, you know, where you could tie the DNS on the blockchain to your Twitter account, therefore nobody could overtake, and you could always have it forever.
3: So, like, so the main thing about Cope is Cope is designed to incentivize um, volume on the you know, SBF products, Solana and, you know, serum and FTX will be in the mix soon. In with tokenomics, it's very clear that it's it's done to incentivize volume and trade volume. And so that's why there's infinite bid on it. That's why it's gonna keep going up. Um, is because of that. Um, and that's why they're they're you know, all the protocol tokens are being airdropped to to cope wallets because um, in general that's the that's the lead token of the platform and it's pretty funny because it just shows that that's the whole fucking reason for soul is to just get spf more money and that's exactly what he's doing and i'm not gonna sit and you know glorp on spf's dick like the rest of twitter does <laughs> um I, it's like not a you know it, you know he's, he's a profit maximalist and you know there's you know i guess that's fine or, or whatever it is but you know it's not all just beanbags and and Solana socks, you know, like you know, the, the point of SOL is to um, decrease volume on actual decks is That's that's what it's being used for. Is it's it's being used in a battle against uh, Uniswap and um, other, you know, actually decentralized exchanges. Um, and that's what Sushi Swap was too. Is it's you know Sam's. Attempt to uh, to take down Uniswap because it was threatening its profits. You know these these dexes create an existential threat for centralized exchanges, and that's why I'm so bullish on on Uniswap because I think that uh, you know, right now we're we're watching the end of centralized spot exchanges. You know I think maybe centralized leverage exchanges stay around for a while. Um, those will be necessary for a while to you know for for on particularly and, and stuff like that. Um, and for and for Spot, he had on ramps as well. But, you know, we're not going to need to see a lot of that volume. A lot of that volume is going to be on Dex's. And so that's why, you know, he's on Solana. That's why he's on Solana to hype Serum. And that's why we have Cope. It's because Cope is designed to increase trading volume. And it's all just a big circle jerk of trying to get more money onto the chain. And it, it is glaringly obvious that, you know, Cope was, um, you know, at least backed by, you know, how listed within two days of an airdrop drop on on Soul, and it's their flagship token that is literally its whole purpose is just to say, please volume. you Bro, I, so it's like it's just a big ponzi but, but i i know so i had to get it out, out
2: of you somehow I, I i was i was trying to go pro cope to get you to speak up on it
3: is that what you wanted right? <laughs> yeah
2: i didn't want to just be like tell yes, me about coke yes,
3: uh um, wow i yeah i
2: i i, I knew you weren't <laughs> i i yeah i knew I, I knew i know you better than yeah Uh, I was just curious on how, uh, and I knew if you were worked up about it, you might explain it a little different. Has
0: anybody looked at the EVAI project that's happening? Their website's already up, evai.io, and they go off of uh, ratings of of tokenomics, and they take AI and ML in consideration. I mean, it's completely hands-off so it's almost FUD proof you know i don't know how real it is how you know
2: accurate it is but wait what is it i I started
0: playing around
4: huh what is it trying to do it it takes you know a rating
0: on on essentially any token and it looks at multiple metrics you can you can build a dashboard to look at all the aspects but in the back end it equates it out and gives it a rating you know, whether, you know, FUD's in place or, or you, know, uh, you know, whale ownership, sell-off. I mean, it takes a lot of aspects. And I started looking at it, and I'm like, this makes a lot of sense.
2: Uh, I haven't read about that, but there's a website I stumbled upon the other day recommended by someone in another space. I don't know if he's here tonight, but... It's called Lunar Crush, and it's like a sentiment yeah, lunar, lunar, tracker on coins, and that's really fascinating. And Not that many people are doing that right now. It's a sentiment lunar Crush has been around for a while, and it's yeah. pretty damn good. It oh, just uh, popped up oh, on my radar. Oh, nice. I'm not sure if it's new, but it's new to me. It, um, it doesn't
0: calculate the equation, though, as much as they do.
2: And from what I see, in my personal
0: opinion, I mean, EVAI.io, I looked at it, and I created a dashboard, and I started looking at it, like, wow, there's a that's lot of not, information. That's about.
2: not, uh, that's not the Link, uh, Meyers Society guys project, is it?
0: No, no, no. His is, uh, McKenna Trader.
2: Oh, that's it, that's it. That's
0: oh. it. Yeah, and, and I think his aspects of, of what he's putting together it is above and beyond that because it includes the capability of, you know, following, you know, shadow trading, um, utilizing bot portions and then payback. I mean, it has a lot of good monetary effects, I think. I I think the dynamics is is pretty huge on
2: it.
7: Yeah, I know he's working hard uh, putting that together, and if you're not already on Trader, I definitely encourage you to go make an account. It's free. It's another social platform. um, Also incorporated with what Crabtree was saying, Shadow Trading. Someone
2: should tweet the URL out and Share it to the space.
7: Yeah, actually, I can't hold up.
2: Um, yeah, I felt bad that he felt so bad talking about the project because he joined late and knows the Woo space. <laughs> but we asked him about it, but he just kept apologizing. I felt. Good. I,
0: I I I flagged him out, dude. You know, I mean, I I want to see everything. I want to hear everything, and and I appreciate everybody's you know uh, you know input. And XPD I'm looking at your shit and I'm like, you know, it sounds fucking fascinating. Dude. And I think having this capability of having conversations where we can cross-reference and put the brains together,
3: I, I think everybody benefits. Yeah, man, collaboration is, is huge for stuff like this because there's stuff that, you know someone might not see that, that someone else will see really clearly and, and being able to work together on stuff like this is, is massive so I always like to be in a space where there's a lot of people that are interested and, and deep into it and um, it's, it's good for everybody to have these types of conversations 100%. You know,
0: I'm an old, old art dude <laughs> and I'm an old IT guy but by God, man I've made a shitload off of crypto and uh, I'll continue to make a shitload off of crypto because I see where the direction of this technology is going,
3: and we are so fucking early. That's what what matters, man. Like you see it. Obviously, you have a, like a great understanding of it and a good grasp of where the space is going. And after you get that, and and you get that uh, that kind of you know almost epiphany moment that we were talking about, I you have to put the blinders on, and you have to uh, you just have to keep pushing for it. And that's that's been my my goal. And that's that's what I I think everybody should do is that. You know, temporary price action, you know, price actors have been scary. We've got Elon Musk fucking, you know, manipulating the markets to pump his dog coin. All this shit, you know, it, it's, it's going, shit's wild right now, right? But, like, we're still on the same path, and we still know what's what's going to happen, you know. But whether or not we know where the price action is going to be in a month, we definitely know where it's going to be in six months. We know where it's going to be in three years, I do. Um, and, you know, it's, there's not, it, we've reached critical mass at this point. Um, you know, that's what the, 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 super cycle is, is that we're, we're reaching critical maps and we're getting to a point to where it's, um, we're about to be unstoppable. And at this point it might already be. Um, and so, you know, price control on these assets is, is something that's really important. And I think that's what scares the, uh, the existing financial institutions that they didn't enter a long time ago cause there wasn't enough liquidity, but now there's enough liquidity. It takes too much money for them to get price control. And so that's one of the primary attacks on, uh, you know, on, on these technologies is, is price control. You know, if sellers are out of tokens, they, they can't really sell tokens. And so, uh, you know, I think that um, these dips are being used by institutions or, or by governments even to accumulate because these protocols are unstoppable. Um, so anything that, you know, any flood that's happening on Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin's not going anywhere. I think that there is a market cap attack being uh, done on Bitcoin. I'm not sure whether it's, you know, You know, actually nefarious uh, or if it's just being used to flood bitcoin to fill bags um, there's something that could be said for that Um, but there is a market cap attack being done with uh, with doge and i i like doge for doge the first uh first non it was the first alt besides you know ethereum But i bought you know i bought it before i bought litecoin or anything else you know back in the day and um i really liked it you know it's a it's a little meme point i thought it was fun and uh I think that's why a lot of people like it and there is an appeal there but um you know we don't really have much of a, a price history on doge and doge was sideways for so long um you know, we really don't we really don't want doge flipping bitcoin uh, it's kind of sketch so you know doge flipping bitcoin does open up a, a path for eth to flip bitcoin i'm much more comfortable with ETH flipping bitcoin um than i am with Doge flipping bitcoin because um i think ETH, you know is a different, has a different use case. But I think the key thing that we're finding out is that market cap as a metric is kind of a fucking joke. And that if sellers don't have any tokens, then market cap doesn't fucking matter. And that's why we can moonshit. but like, that's why we can, that's why we can pump Toshi to you know, 1K, is because one, eventually sellers will have tokens. And if you have good tokenomics and it's not inflationary or not super inflationary, then, um, you know, that's what happens. But you know, the issue with Tosh is we're printing 10,000 every minute ten thousand doge, so Myers are just fucking rolling it down.
0: Um, you're but, yeah. full correct about the situation, right? You know, first and foremost, fuck Elon Musk. He he is bending people over the barrel for a lot of things. And and I think he's using Doge to fund his moon mission, to be honest. I think that's what he's flipping it for. I don't think it's a realistic, you know, or even obtainable solution to a monetary tesla coin for transition that, that's just not going to happen but what we're seeing here i mean we're, we're seeing the serious fucking change man and, and i get jacked about it and i can't say it enough you know I, i'm looking at this what we're seeing is the evolution of a lot of things whether it's 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 deeds or economics or you know green evolution. I mean, there are so many forefronts that we are capturing and monetizing and controlling throughout this industry. I mean, everybody needs to calm the fuck down because when you see this ups and downs, it's just trying to shake you out. Honest to God. Uh, You are in the beginning.
2: Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I'm just saying you're in the beginning and you will reap huge rewards.
2: Uh, ultra uh i don't know if you saw i i, I can try and find the clip but suzu well, one of the people that also believes in the eth flippening right he said he was talking to another like eth long-term investor and he said the question isn't like if the ethereum uh flippening happens and it surpasses bitcoin right what happens to bitcoin it's like he predicted that doge would flip bitcoin next like essentially just sending bitcoin all the way to zero way back to like a slow store of value like what how like if that amount of uh wealth really leaves bitcoin and gold for ethereum in the flippening situation and tokens like doge and litecoin and like all the alternatives follow does that just continuously push bitcoin down i, I guess that was kind of the theory that sue zoo was talking about is like if it flips it's just everything else the momentum is just going to keep rotating out of bitcoin sending it lower and lower
3: so i'm not sure um... I'm really not sure, and I think it's really hard to be sure. Uh, I think that's a, a probability play or a probability take that he's he's taking. I mean, he, may have, he definitely has a lot more info than I have, and he's, he's smarter than me, so maybe he knows. But that being said, it doesn't seem to me as if that's that's really knowable what's going to happen with Bitcoin. But I think that uh, in, a world, in a perfect world, I think we don't flip Bitcoin. In a perfect world, I think it's Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, and Link are the top three. I think that's a rational market. Um, I think that you just wrap Bitcoin and put it on ETH, and, uh, and and lock up a ton of the supply that way, um, and reduce the you know the sell side liquidity um, in DeFi ways using DeFi on Ethereum um, and leveraging Bitcoin for for yield. is something that I think is is that, that could be done, and I think that's what needs to be done. I think that it's a it, in the end it's a losing game to let it to let it let There's maybe it's not a losing game, but it's a it's a vulnerability to let it flip, because then what's going to flip next? Um, and, you know, eventually we need to talk about how market cap's a broken metric, and that's really the key to it, is that um, market cap is so uh, ingrained in traditional finance, and it's so in everybody in crypto's minds as well. They're like, oh, it's a, you know, under, under $5 million market cap gem, you know, like Toshi under $5 million, uh, and it's going to go to $500 million or it's going to or whatever, you know, like it's better by now because it's a low market cap, or better by now because it's a high market cap. When in reality, like you know, Doge was a great play when it was when it was number fifty, but everybody didn't know any crypto, thought so, you know. But it's like they were looking at market cap, right? And they were saying, "Oh, well, this issue." Well, it's like, well, the sellers are what mattered. Um, but if you know, we start letting stuff flip Bitcoin, I can make a token right now that has a uh, market cap higher than Bitcoin. I can log on to fucking Uniswap right now, and I can mint a new token that has, you know, ten trillion supply, and then I can mint it all to myself, and then I can. Place liquidity onto Uniswap with one ETH and uh, one token, and then now my token has a market cap of one trillion, or 10 trillion ETH, right? It's like, okay, market cap's bullshit. Um uh,
2: yeah, yeah, that's the part of the.
0: B, BTC's hatch rate and security. You know, it, it, if you can't be comparable, yeah, I mean, Dogecoin is not even fucking touching that, that realm,
2: in my opinion. Well, the, no, it's not the theory that Dogecoin would do it. It's just. That everything else that is outside of the fundamentals and that ball of money just rotates out of Bitcoin. It's such a large market cap and all that money rotating out is so large that the pump that they can produce on anything on the Ethereum or Litecoin Alta side just drastically yeah, yeah, but everything, everything is not market, market cap value,
0: man. It has to be utility to value. Utility to security. If it doesn't provide the value, then we're looking at the same thing as fucking 1999 and internet names, you know? Buying up dot coms. If you're not providing the value, you cannot
2: deliver the value. Yeah, I think that's the important thing that uh, all three, like you said, like in a rational market. Even if it does start to flip Bitcoin, it doesn't necessarily kill it, right? Like, uh, it, it, there's. I still believe Bitcoin's strong enough fundamentally that if it does get surpassed by Ethereum and Chainlink, that it doesn't necessarily lose everything. Hey, and Connor, I think you're touching on a very
0: important subject. We're in a fucking really irrational market where you know. XRP, ADA, and I'm sure I'm going to piss a lot of people off. You know, you know, with this and, and Dogecoin, having the value that they do, do they produce what you would expect them to produce to have the value? And that's how I approach any projects. You know, and when I look at them, you know, from the forefront, they're just starting out. Where are they at from the, the IDO? Where have they, you know, dropped down? And what is their timeline? What is their roadmap? Who are the people that are leading this project? And, you know, I looked at ERSDL, man, and I I invested for a while, and then I pulled out and made my money, and, and I just had a fucking bad feeling. My gut told me that I just don't feel it. And, and then they had a shitstorm that came through there, right? It, it may be a good project, but if my gut's not in there if my passion's not in there i'm not fucking investing because that's what your money is if you're not passionate about your money you might as well go hey to the
2: guys phone. so i had a question i've been listening you know i was um half
5: listening and i don't know if you guys spoke about this earlier and i was trying
2: to understand um you know the madness with dogecoin and what exactly do you guys really believe like the money will start uh, funneling into others. I don't know, like, you know, people talk about theorem that's
5: going to flip onto Bitcoin, and you know, I'm kind of like a Bitcoin mean, but I really don't give a fuck. I'm not going to like defend it. But what do you guys think about that? Well,
2: I, when like I talk Bitcoin, about the money fun- when I talk about the money funneling out, right? It's not. It's just the size of the Bitcoin's market cap that if these alts. Capture small percentages of that large march uh, market cap, their value, uh, two to twenty x's. So, that that's the theory, right? Is that if people start losing faith in Bitcoin as the king, right? Just small percentages of that money rotating out can cause huge changes in the market for things like Ethereum and other coins. But it doesn't necessarily. Yeah mean that it's failing, it's just that the money in there is so large that small percentages of it moving also move other things drastically.
0: I'm gonna tell you two things that I saw out, you know, on Twitter and, and all the, you know uh, interfaces that I deal with, man. One is that, you know, I don't know if it's FUT or not, but SpaceX is looking at, you know, doing a moon mission and they're gonna call it Doge One. You know, then you got Elon Musk. He he's promoting Bitcoin. And then he shits on it and says, you know, it's just not good enough for to buy our Teslas, right? Then he tweets again. We're looking at you know working with Doge developers. Who the fuck are Doge developers, man? I thought the only particular developer they had left the project, unless I'm mistaken. So if he's going to use that to fund the moon mission. Then you, you're sure in the fuck, and you know, look at Doge going over ten dollars. That's a no-brainer because of, of just the evolution of TikTok and social media and the fucking hype. Will it crash? Surely, right after. But that is not what I invested. In. I invested in utilities and and the viability of functionality, and I look at the, the visionary aspect.
3: the main issue i don't think is uh is you know necessarily bitcoin going to to zero i think I don't, I don't necessarily agree with uh suzu on that i don't think that bitcoin goes to zero if we if we flip it um i'm 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 not a bitcoin maxi by any means um like i i, mean, I have dot in my name so obviously i'm not a bitcoin maxi um, but like bitcoin got us here and um Bitcoin is, is very simple, and that simplicity is is really powerful, I think. And I think that the the main issue is, is one of narrative. You know, um, temporarily flipping, you know, like say for example, like ETH temporarily flipping Bitcoin uh, could could maybe be an accumulation method for Bitcoin, where um, people are uh, you know using that opportunity to uh, for the money that's flooding out of Bitcoin into ETH during that inevitable. You know, if it flipped, I think a ton of money would flood to ETH. Um, And so I think that, you know, that could be an accumulation tactic letting um, ETH flip Bitcoin. Uh, And that's what I would hope. But I don't know if you could really do that with Doge. Like, it'd be so delegitimizing to let Doge flip Bitcoin. Um, And Doge is, I mean, they're actively committing an attack on Bitcoin's market cap right now, Um, you know, it's just a Bitcoin fork. Um, everybody knows that it's starting to become clear. That's what's happening. And I think Doge. you know, you choose Doge because it has that really high issuance rate to where as long as you have a uh, pretty good control of the mining over Doge, and as long as you have good existing supply control, it doesn't really cost much to market up. Um, you know, the cost of, of raising something's market cap is, it's just owning enough of the supply to where, um, sellers can't ever, you know, the more supply that, that is owned by holders than sellers easier to market up. You know, there's no one that you have to buy from um, in order to uh, no one taking profit on the web if they're not selling and so it's it's much cheaper. Um, so I think that's a part of the, the reason that's probably being done. And then you know if it goes too far then you start to see some, some older holders might start to, to, to cash out over to it. And letting a meme currency get the number one market cap, um, I guess could be seen as a, a you know, hurting the the overall value narrative of crypto. Um, but I think that in reality, what it is is it's a, uh, you know, it's a evidence of how shitty market cap is as a metric. Market cap just doesn't fucking make any sense. Like it literally just doesn't make any sense. And we have to find some other metric to determine value, um, because you know, someone just—it's very basic math. It's just oh, there's you know, one million coins, and each coin is fifty thousand. Therefore, the market cap is a trillion, or you know, whatever. It, it's so dumb. It doesn't make any sense because it doesn't matter. You know, price. I, I say there's a lot that price is like a you know, supply, it's an it's a, a equilibrium between supply and demand, but what I really mean is uh, price is an equilibrium between effective supply and demand. Like it doesn't matter how much supply there is. It matters how much how many people are willing to give supply to the market. Um, and so that's what we're running into with Doge is that uh, there's a ton of supply, but there's not many sellers. Uh, all that supply is, is in people that, uh, that want it to keep going up. And so that's the, the issue, is that we don't I don't. I'm not sure that the the core. That's the scary part, I guess, is that I'm not sure that the core, you know, crypto community, the the cyberpunk type, you know, very core ideological group has supply control of Doge. And I'm worried that if they don't, that I'm worried that they're not doing it now because there's a certain thing to be said about like, well, if that's what's happening, it's going to fucking keep happening. Then we need to start buying Doge because we need to start getting supply control now so that we can stop that from fucking happening. Um, and so that's a bull case too, is that if people are actually buying Doge. <laughs> Uh, and trying to get that supply control that that's going to pump it, too. So really, all signs pretty much lead to a doge pump, and I think that people need to flood capital in so that we can make sure we start to sell it off before it gets into you know, top three or, or top four. But that's and and that's why I brought up EVI. You, know, you can't
0: have just one data point on one aspect. Having one data point and trying to make a decision is insane. You need to have multiple data points. You need to understand the big picture. And if you can't capture all of that, then you're not making a good decision. Yeah,
4: I uh, 100% grabbed up. Um, I think at this point, guys, I, I, this has been like a super base conversation. I do want to close it out. Ultra, um, any any last thoughts for the audience you want to leave them with?
5: Uh,
4: I think I, I said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys went ham. You guys went ham on this episode, guys. Uh, This has been super-based, ultra. I just wanted to thank you for coming on, on the space, laying down so much alpha for all the listeners. Been insane. I think at one point we had over 100 listeners in the space, guys. Insane. Uh, Thanks to all the speakers that came on and contributed. Thanks to all the listeners, guys. If you've been in here from the start, it's almost been three hours (laughs) of content, so that's insane. Uh, For everyone new, guys, we do this Sunday through Thursday weekly. At 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Every single week, we're we'll always bringing on different guests. Sometimes we'll have more casual episodes. Sometimes we'll bring on special guests like Ultra to come on the show. If you guys want to, if you guys have any suggestions um, around who we should bring on, what we, what we should be doing, feel free to DM myself or Connor or Super High, anyone involved in the Base Space project. Uh, we'd love any feedback or um, you know suggestions of what, what we should be doing with the community. Uh, and uh, for all the OG bass-based people in here, we are actively working on the Discord. Um, Expect that to launch this weekend uh, for OG listeners and OG speakers, and we'll slowly be rolling it out uh, to the community over time. So definitely definitely look out for tweets around that, and also be on, on the lookout for Sunday. Guys, we already have a really sick lineup for next week in terms of speakers. Really, really excited to get that moving and
0: grooving yeah it hey, you, on the... i wanted to say this has been the most intriguing most energizing base space that we've had so far in my opinion i i agree so thank you ultra for bringing
7: a really interesting topic on and i i really do think the whole toshimon thing is super interesting like i was telling you i played pokemon as a kid so i'll definitely be checking it out um and I'm glad Connor recommended bringing you on. Connor was actually the one that reached out to us and was like, hey, we should bring him on. He's super dope, has a really good project. Um, to go back on what Mewtwo said, anyone that is listening, if you have any ideas or people that you want us to bring on, definitely reach out to either me, 5G, Crypto, Chase, Connor, anyone on the team. Um, we Like I said, we just want to hear your feedback. Um, this is something new, and we want to build this out and grow up with the community and just keep providing uh outfit for everyone so thank you for everyone that came out and spoke and thank you for everyone that came out and listened as
1: well we really do appreciate it we gotta bring on ultra's boxing opponent next time <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's a good idea we're yeah. I have, yeah, I had a great time. This is awesome. You guys are uh, a, lot, a lot of knowledgeable people here, and um, it's always good to talk with you. Know, you don't really get to talk with uh, crypto to people like in real life. Like they don't fucking understand. You know, it's a pretty complicated space, and so it's really cool you will have this year. And I think this is something to be cherished. You know, in general by the community. And so I'll come on. You know, whenever I'd, I'd love to come, just hang out and chat. And um, you know, more of a, a side role is um, totally awesome. And and just you know, be a part of it. I think it's a, got a really cool thing going. So.
5: I just want to say thank you to YouTube for inviting me, and it's nice to put a voice to all of you, you know, anons, so thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah um, oh, sorry, me too. I was just going to say thanks, Alex, thanks everyone for coming on, uh, uh, Alex, one quick thing, we do record these, is it okay if I, uh, we upload these to the Base Base channel, anything you said tonight, a lot of alpha.
3: Uh, yeah you can I don't care I, I say the same shit
2: on my Twitter so yeah I feel I would just, we just gotta like to get it on record but yeah I, I, I was happy to get you on man uh, I love what you're doing on Twitter space uh, and what you're doing with Toshimon and Tip Top and I don't know it just stepping outside of the box man like not not following the crowd fucking telling the IDOs to go fuck themselves telling Sam to go fuck themselves. telling CZ to go fuck themselves like it's something we need in the space. Too many people are just sucking the dick of the money machine. And, uh, you're proving that you can have solid tokenomics, uh, get people involved, make the team money, but also make holders money without scamming anyone. And uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, so thanks for coming on, Alex. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed. I knew it would be a good one.
4: Hell yeah. And on that, though, guys, I'm going to close it out. It's been real. Peace. Peace.